You are now in possession of the Rebel FM Fat penis. Welcome to uh, episode uh, 14 of Rebel FM. It is 14. God, you forget already. We're a little bit behind. We've been behind for a while now. Um, so this time it's actually a smaller show. It's just me, uh, Anthony Gallegos, Arthur Gies, and uh, Tyler Barber. So uh, the good thing is, is that as far as what I've been playing and stuff, I can at least talk about some of the shit I saw. You have a metric fuck ton of stuff to at talk a, about. At events, yeah. So I played through... Uh, uh, Company of Heroes. Well, wait, do we... Okay, so we're going to do what we've been playing as usual. Then The second segment's going to be a sort of lightning round with a lot of different uh, topics suggested by listeners. And Which then, was good, because we didn't really have time to come up with a good one ourselves. Well, I mean, I thought I had some ideas. I just... Yeah, I mean, we had ideas, but then when we rely on the creative brain power of many people, it's better than having to use our own sometimes. So. True. Anyways. I've been playing some Company Heroes Tales of Valor. I beat it. The single player it takes like three hours if you really want. And this is the uh, the third standalone expansion to Company of Heroes, or the second standalone expansion. And the lowest Company reviewed of, of them all. I yeah, mean. and the yeah definitely the worst reviewed. The Metacritic um, score is probably somewhere like in the seventies, which which, which is, is which is fair from what I my opinion. So what does this one bring? I know the one in the past. What what did the, the so what this the one brings one? no new armies okay. or anything like that. Oh. This one just brings three new three new a bunch of new units to multiplayer. But you have to use them, like, almost all of them, like, if not all of them, are used in place of other units. So before the match starts, you have to say, like, oh, I'm going to pick, like, the uh, this type of troop transport over this type of troop transport. So they really just did, in a way, like a, you know, not a, not a reskinning, because they do have different abilities, but it's not, it's not the same as, like, literally an expansion. It's more like a pick or choose, you know? And uh, It's like DLC. Yeah, in a way, it is like DLC. Um and I think it was like forty bucks retail, which is was it? I thought it was thirty. I think uh, even yeah, you're right. I think it's thirty, which is I just bad, mean, I th- opposing fronts was. Um, I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, the micro campaigns are still really fun as well, but they're. I mean, in the end, like the other campaigns, I would see myself playing again because they actually made a challenge. But the micro campaigns on this, like, they're so easy because they're they're more focused on telling the story of these individual units that they make the units, like, extremely powerful. Like, the American one where you're running around... They're hero like, units. Yeah, so you're running around with, like, one American... Like, two American squads, and every time one gets down, you can, like, revive him. And, and like, they run around... And they, now the skill trees that you put points into, experience points, is, like, giving them the ability to, like, fire their machine guns even longer. So, you'll, so like, wait, this is, like, Dota for Company of Heroes? Kind of, kind of in a way, I, and you'll see, like, six guys, like, six American dudes run in and wipe out, like, like the most obscene amount of Nazis. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, if, if, if Company Heroes were to, like, transport all those guys into the Indiana Jones universe or something. It's the Magnificent Bastards. But, I mean, there there is, like, uh, still really interesting stories that they tell. Like, the one about the tiger Glorious. tank, where you're, like, you pilot the tiger tank, and it's, like, a super tiger, and it has all these crazy abilities that would break multiplayer if tigers could do that. But then, like, uh, the, the, the tank breaks, and the tank crew has to escape the city on foot. So you're mainly trying to sneak past all the units rather than fight them all. And isn't that... I mean, these are based on they're based on actual stories. Yeah, right? I mean, they're like based on, but obviously, 
embellishing quite Creative a bit here and there. Liberties were taken and... Yeah, like, uh, there's times that I don't think six, like, American dudes rolled in and killed, like, 150 Nazis. <laughs> so, like, so, not like this. I mean, like, I'm sure that did happen over time, but it's not like where they rolled into one town and were like, it's, it's this town with people bunkered in, machine guns everywhere, and we're doing it. Like, it's just, that, that, that wouldn't happen. So, um... But, I mean, it, it's still fun, and if you're, like, super into the game, I mean, most people like it, although I know plenty of people that are multiplayer-centric about that game who could give a shit less about those micro-campaigns. So for them, it'll probably feel a little bit like a jip. Just getting, like, a couple of new multiplayer modes and, you know, some new units probably isn't worth $30 to them. Um, do you know if it's more expensive for Relic and THQ to, to produce new multiplayer content for that game or single-player content? I assume it's way more expensive to produce single-player content. So, which is funny to me. I yeah. mean, like, Relic and THQ could definitely use some some income, so it surprises me that they take a game that's so renowned for its multiplayer and Yeah, I just don't know that people... Expansion. Would people go out and pay for multiplayer expansion? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, because a lot of the people that play hardcore multiplayer also pirated the game. I mean... That's that's how they find out who's been pirating, because whenever a new Relic patch comes out, they get a ton more downloads than what's been sold of the game. So I feel like maybe the people that would go out and buy it for single player, like they aren't the people that are playing online necessarily, because it's like two different skill sets, in my opinion, playing online and playing single player. So I think that was the main focus, was this thing of telling stories and hopefully getting people to buy it. You know, that's why it's also standalone, I guess, in that sense. So um, Could you play multiplayer with... Uh people who bought the first two if you only have the expansion i don't know i don't even know how that would work yeah because because i know you can't yeah i don't know actually i have all three so i guess i haven't you know i'm not really sure that's a good question though and then i also played a little bit of uh the saw video game at the so, demo yeah, you went to, went to the, the, konami, the event. konami event yeah i mean it sucked because like like this is another thing i'll just open up the can of honesty i went to a konami thing and a ea thing and like i like events sometimes when they're really well done like uh like, what event am I thinking of? Like, there's been some events I've went to where it was, like, spot on for the game. Like, you're trying to show the game, and you're showing the game in an awesome way. Like, are these preview events, or preview. are we talking about events in general? No, no, just preview events. But, like, you know, the problem with, with, like, this one, like, when I saw, like, at the EA one, I saw Dead Space Extraction, and then at this one I saw Saw. And it's like, I'm playing these games that are all about, like, atmosphere, and there's, like, a really good sound design team that's working at it, and all you can hear is... And, like, people coming up and asking you for hors d'oeuvres. And it's just fucking annoying. Because, like, how am I supposed to, like, half the the thing of a survival horror game a lot of times is, like, the way that they use sound and what's going on. So that's all lost. And any of that, like, fear I might have is, like, completely drained out by the fact that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who are all mocking a game or talking shit about it or saying how much they like it. You know, it's just, like, the atmosphere in a lot of ways gets killed at these preview events for survival horror games. It would almost be like so much more interesting if they like brought Dead Space Extinction like down to like a bunch of meat lockers and like had a console. I mean, and, like, sometimes a different, you like, have. Sometimes, sometimes they there do. are companies that do shit like that. Exactly, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you want to show yeah. a game like that, that's. I mean, even if it's just a dark room with people on headphones being nerds, like that's still going to give me a better feel of what the game is actually like than like this 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 thing that's like a glorified party in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like. The thing that comes to mind right now is they're going for spectacle over functionality. Right, and like, I mean that's that's true as well. Like all these all these outlets are there trying to cover this game, and there's three stations set up. So then you're waiting in line and stuff like that, and then like you don't feel like you have necessarily the time you want to spend with it 
because when you die, someone else is like, all right, my turn. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm there to like work on a story. I want to have the time I want to spend with it. I want to get like the full experience. And so in a way, I guess I just feel like they're jipping themselves in a way. Whereas, I mean, last year, like I went to go preview um, Beijing 2008, and it was a very simple setup at Sega, how they had a room full of 360s. Right, and you they just had got people... to be nerds the way you would Exactly. Play it. I mean, it's not this giant spectacle or party. It's just like eight dudes from different gaming publications like sitting around uh, like this room competing against each other playing the olympics and then we got chinese food for lunch yes yeah, it doesn't I, sound like much but that let me get a pretty good idea of the game as opposed to like being miserable the whole time right and not only that but these things are also like social events so then half the time you'd rather just it's almost like you just be like i just got to get this shit out of the way so i can go talk to people and hang out with friends and see people that are in pr and stuff that i don't see that often you know it's like it just kind of screws up but either way saw i played it it's okay. I mean, Konami bought the rights to it from that brash entertainment company that produced a really uh, slew of quality titles, such <laughs> as uh, Space Chimps and and Jumper. Okay, so break down the gameplay in Saw for me a little Saw bit. Saw is like uh, over the shoulder. It looks, it plays like as far as like the way you control your character. It's like Silent Hill Five, but the way it starts off is like you. St- the way I started off in the demos, I started off with the infamous reverse bear trap from the first movie, where you know it will rip your jaw open your head backwards or whatever, you know, yeah. so pull your mouth apart. It would basically fuck up your program yeah. in all sorts of ways. And so, yeah, you start off with that, and the puzzle at first makes it look like it's just, like, rotating an analog stick, but you actually have to watch for, like, super, super subtle clues. Like, when you're rotating it, like, you'll see a light flash at just the right time on their headset, but I didn't realize that, like, the first 12 times I tried it, I was just dying over and over again. Some guy that was walking by pointed it out. Were you dying gruesomely? Uh, and that's the other part that bothered me, right? So they're trying to get the whole saw thing, and they're like, you know, Silent Hill does this really psychological horror, and Saw is really visceral. Yeah, it is, except for every time you die in Saw, they, like, turn the camera away and show blood splatter on the wall. And I'm like, oh wow. I'm like, come on, I see people get chainsawed in Gears of War. Like, if you really want to grab me and, like, give me that feeling, like, that I see when I see a movie like Saw, like, I want to see the person get their face ripped and open. Not like, even the uh, manhunt, manhunt, like, super filters on top of yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, but, I feel like Gears of War and Manhunt maybe aren't the best example, but, like, in Dead Space, part of the fun was yeah, all the different same, ways, like, like you could get fucking murdered in so many different yeah. ways in Dead Space. It was almost fun to die. Yeah, it's true. Every time I died in Dead Space, it was never just, like, my guy was like, I've had too much, lay down. It was like, I exploded into jibs. I was broken in half. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, I thought that was kind of weird that they did that with Saw, too. I mean, I guess maybe they're trying to cater to a more mainstream audience, because the, the Saw film franchise really does cater to a wide array of people. But, this, I mean, the movies are so gory. That's what I'm saying. So, I, I don't understand why they would do that. Like, that kind of caught me off guard. Although, to be fair, like, you never see the reverse bear trap actually happen to anyone in the Saw movies. Right, I'm just saying, in a video game, I don't know. I mean, it's just like when you're playing, like, Resident Evil, right? There are times when you were playing and you would die in Resident Evil and you'd be like, shit, Chris just got his head ripped off. Right. Like, you know, just things like that. Like, I, I'd be okay. Did you Did you ever see that happen in Resident Evil 5? Yeah. I got my head bit off. I never saw I never saw myself get dismembered in Resident Evil 5. Like, in RE4, if you got hit with a chainsaw, like, you would totally get beheaded and you would see it, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah I'm almost I positive I, I got my head bit I, off. I never, like, I got chainsawed in RE5 and, like, the chainsaw went all the way down my chest and I just fall down on my knees and fall forward. Uh, and I'm almost nothing, positive like, I got dismembered. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that I saw it was okay. Like, the first couple of puzzles started out really strong and then after that... They kind of stayed clever with the subtle hints they gave, but they just turned more like in like a here's a here's a weird poem, and the poem was trying to awkwardly tell you you had to go beat on this wall till a hole appeared, and you went through, 
And then, like, a big part of it is that they say, like, you know, there's, like, three parts to it. There's, like, puzzles, there's horror or something, and then there's, like, combat. You're going to fight Jigsaw's minions, as dumb as that sounds. Um, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, they have to give you someone to fight. I mean, which is good, because it potentially breaks up the pacing of just running through and going from, like, horrible trap to horrible trap. But, uh, but yeah, they didn't show any of the combat, which I found kind of kind of uh, alarming, in a way. Like, if it's, like, such a key, important part of the gameplay, like, they stopped the demo right when you would get into a fight. So, and the other part... Oh, no, we don't want any of that today. And then the other, no, the no. other part of it, the other part of it that I thought sucked was, uh, that it, for a game that's, like, if you fuck up, you die, which makes sense in the world of Saw, if you fuck up, you die. That's a lot of how that movie is. But you need a checkpoint system. It needs to not be, like, four steps into it, you fucked up, you died all the way back to the beginning. Like, that got real old real fast. So, if you guys are listening, Konami, who's taking over for that, you need to make some fucking changes. And you also need to improve the way it looks, because right now, it looks like you paid a lot for an Unreal License 3, and then you didn't pay much for people who knew how to use it. So, yeah. So how do you feel about that game, exactly? I, think, I don't feel like I'm getting the full... I think it could be really cool, but <laughs> I think that it, it needs a lot of work. Did they give a release window for it? Yeah, with the movie in October. So Of course. Um, saw a movie every year and uh and uh yeah and then i also saw a video of silent hill shattered memories which is the reimagining of part one for Wii, and it actually looks totally rad like (laughs) the the all-male erotic reimagining of silent well the thing is that it it really is a reimagining like they they compared it to you know saying it's a remake is like calling the first battlestar galactica and the second battlestar just a remake but it really you know the new battlestar really is a reimagining with characters taking on different sexes and you know, the Cylons being, like, different. Like, this is the same thing. Like, it, it is, like, the first game in the sense that you are still Harry Mason looking for your daughter, and you will meet characters of the same name and stuff, but the storyline is, like, not exactly the same, and the action's totally different. And a big part of it was uh, using the Wii Remote as your flashlight when you're looking around now, so you actually have physical control of the flashlight, and there's no pausing at all. Like, I mean, you can pause the game, but there's no, like, hitting select to reload your weapon and stuff like that. Everything is done through your character's cell phone now. And you actually interact with the world that way too. Like uh like when you'll see numbers on billboards and stuff, you can call it and you'll end up getting like really creepy messages like because the town's been taken over, you know, by demons or whatever. I don't know, it, it they, they didn't have that one playable there, but but so far it actually like like I didn't ever really get a chance to play the first Silent Hill because I was a lot younger than I am now and I didn't have enough money to own a PlayStation and a sixty four, so I made a choice. Um so you, you felt the stirring in your loins looking at this is what you're saying. Yeah, I was like I was like I was like I I definitely will be uh playing Silent Hill Shattered Memories when it comes out. And then uh I also saw the trailer and at least like video for Six Days in Fallujah while I was there as well. We 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 can talk about that in the second segment, I think. Why? Because someone right people want to hear us talk about Six Days in Fallujah. Well, we can talk about it right now. <clears throat> Did you play it? No, it wasn't playable for well, anyone. Then it's not what you've been playing. <laughs> and uh, I'm just saying, I saw it, and it was interesting. I didn't get to play Shattered Memories either, but there wasn't really going to be a good place to talk about that. And then, uh, I don't know, the EA event, I played... I didn't play anything, actually. I No? I, no, I got the, I just got, I got the C2 games. What did you see? Uh, one game that I'm not allowed to talk about just yet, and then the other one... Was Dead Space. I mean, they weren't letting people. They didn't play have uh, Army of Two there. Uh, no, no, they didn't have Army of Two. They're huh. probably saving that for an E3. Well, I mean, they had an Army of Two event, I think. I don't know. Like a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago. But yeah, I'm going to more events, so in the future I'll have 
more games, and next time I'll have Sony games to talk about. So, so Sony's doing, are those still embargoed? Sony's doing a ton of events coming up, including an Uncharted one soon. So you're supposed to go see uh, Infamous, right? At some point, I mean, I guess it's weird. That's another one that's weird to me that I'm like going to go see Infamous when it went gold. So it's like, why don't you just give me a review build and not send me somewhere? How about when that? that? Does it come out next month? Uh, comes out really soon. Infamous so. comes out in May. I know prototype that, yeah. comes out prototype. in June. I think they didn't. I thought they moved Prototype up. So uh, I, I would doubt that. Um, Did you see Prototype? No, I liked Prototype a lot. Like I thought Prototype was a game that when I saw it, I was like, I'm gonna play this. It's like an open world game mm-hmm. with crazy powers and zombies. There are zombies running around killing people all Crack the time. Crackdown zombies. Yeah. So, and I saw another game that I'll be able to talk about soon as well. Um, like, can I? I wonder if I can even say. Yeah, I could say the name of them. You know, I think. Has it been previously announced? Yeah, it's been previously announced. So soon I'll be writing up uh, probably a preview for GameSpy on Saboteur, which I saw, which is the next game from Ooh, nice. which is the next game from Pandemic. So. Oh, okay. Nice. So not that one not under the radar I keep confusing Saboteur time. with Velvet Assassin. Yeah, no, Saboteur is the is the game about you know you're a you're a person living in occupied Paris, and you're doing missions against the Nazis. I want to say Velvet mm. Assassin is. Velvet Assassin comes out next month. Is an English woman in occupied Paris or something like that. So No, I don't think so, because this game, you're an Irishman in occupied Paris, so I I can't... There are a lot of people in occupied Paris. Yeah, I know, but this one's actually based on a a mildly true story, so... So And and the cool thing about it is that everywhere that the Nazis have occupied in the city, they're supposed to have, like... Is that the one with the black and white thing, right? Yeah, Where... those color things. I, I don't really want to talk too much about it because yeah, I, don't I mean, get but in that's trouble. been that that has been previewed. It was even featured in all, an old DGM like two years ago. Yeah, or an old Game Informer actually. Yeah, where they talked about all that stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, Game Informer always gets the first reveals on a lot of games. Oh yeah, only everything. So. But uh, yeah, I really haven't had a chance to do too much playing. I want to jump into the new WoW patch that just came out this week. Um, you know, I'm not level 80 so i can't do a lot of the end game content but i mean you know there's still a lot to it there that i i do want there's to so out. much content that you never got to anyway yeah so i mean there's yeah i'm still i mean that's a pretty big deal i mean not to us maybe but to to tens to 10 over 10 million people in the world no i mean people seem excited by it and blizzard i mean blizzard has a habit of making really substantive content additions with their yeah patches, as i'm saying so. it's not as big obviously as like an expansion you buy in a store but i mean it does add an obscene amount of stuff. Like they roll out minor patches sometimes, but this is like, this is like the like, big patch. They've been in, yeah. You've been installing this in the background of your computer, like every time you shut down WoW for a while. Well, this now. had their new like most epic run, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You literally fight like, like some creatures that are straight out of Lovecraft, Lovecraft lore. So, and uh, and you also get the ability to ride mounts in water. And you will never do that instance wow is like a, one of those games that i think is really fascinating because to me it's like a it's like a it's so indicative of like users getting what they want like you ask for it long enough you're gonna get it like people got tired of using ammo in the game having to have ammo no more ammo you don't have to worry about it anymore so uh tyler why don't you tell us what you've been playing yes hello i will tell you about that I'll be i've been fortunate enough as our Chinese food arrives. Yeah, Arthur's going to go grab our Chinese food real quick. We'll keep it going with with me and Tyler for a second. Yeah, so so I've actually gone back to Fallout 3, I guess. Um, I haven't bought the Pit DLC yet, but I plan on very soon. And um, I guess the uh, 
the next the next bit of DLC is set to come out not in not too long, and uh, just every time I jump back into it, man, I just fall for that game so hard and just. Um, uh, I have, I still haven't tried it for that very reason. I don't know. Man, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I've already played through the game once with my evil character, and and I mean, I'm the type of gamer like when I'm playing Fallout, you know, I'll I'll get up to level twenty before I start, which is the highest level before I start the last quest, and and all in between, I'm just kind of finding new areas, visiting, and just questing. And now I'm on, I'm on my second playthrough, and I'm at like level eighteen. And you're being the wasteland savior or whatever. Yeah, and I'm playing the good the good person, but. I'm still discovering new places that I didn't discover yeah, I mean, the first uh, time, and it's just, it's amazing. Like every every single place where you can get missions or or side missions, it's it, it's a unique story. It's full of details, characters. I mean, like I found this random vault uh, last night, and like I was like hallucinating while I was in the vault, and it was fucking crazy. Like yeah, you know. I mean, I know Arthur uh, for, towards the end of his play. He wanted to make sure he saw things, so he got like a. He went to like the the Fallout wiki, so he could like find like. Did you ever find like? There's like a crashed alien site. I haven't found that site, but yeah, it, it's on my list of things. That's to what do. I'm saying. So yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like there's like this list of like ridiculous things that everyone thinks is like the the go to things. I mean, I, I I will play that game. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, but yeah, remind me when we're done. I'm gonna buy you the pit one for you. Oh shit, the pit. So, so is that? Is that pretty much what you've been playing lately? No, 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 no. That's not all that's been tickling my balls. I've also been playing <laughs> um, uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, oh, know, yeah, yeah. We, tr- I, we tr- Yeah. I yeah. mentioned that I'm just now getting into it because I've never really had many people to play with. And um, Right. Luckily, you and Kathleen and Arthur have been rolling with me. And, uh, and man, that game's a lot of fun, too, man. Yeah, I mean, I it, love... it is a uh, very different game when you play it on advanced over normal though yeah 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 because uh previously all i'd ever played was just by myself on normal like you were saying and just blowing through it um but you know jumping on with you guys and uh on on advanced man dude that game is so fun on advanced yeah i mean it requires a certain level coordination which sometimes we are good at and then sometimes we fail horribly at well sometimes members of our party are mildly intoxicated too and that can lead to challenges so yeah (laughs) I don't know. Well, you, you were, you were, you were the. I think you were the only one that wasn't intoxicated last time. You were the challenge, but you were like right. I know. I was, like, I, was like, I was like sticking like, to the plan. Like I know that now we go here, and you guys were like, but there were still zombies back there, and I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you you are communicating to me though. You cannot like, play that game and not talk yeah. all the time. That is the game that requires. Well, more see, chatter. a lot of times I'll play and not talk that much because usually I'm just like forward man. You guys just follow my lead. And that gets then, so frustrating, though, playing with you sometimes. So, See, like, uh, yeah, because it was me, Anthony, and Kathleen the first night, and we couldn't finish. Which mission was it? it was, I knew we weren't going to finish it, it though. It was, um, the... It's, it's Blood Deadly, Harvest. Yeah, Blood Harvest, right? Yeah, Blood Harvest. Blood Harvest. And then the next night, it was uh, Arthur and Kathleen and I. Blood Harvest has one of the hardest endings, in my opinion. So, really, you think? Yeah, because you have to get through the the cornfield and everything before you get there. Uh, okay, well, yeah, the last chapter is yeah. kind of hard. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Bl- the, well, Blood Harvest and the one where you have to wait for the boat. Both of those in particular are, 
are very hard. Whereas, I mean, the crescendo on Blood Harvest, like, which is the final thing, yeah, isn't as hard. I feel if once you figure out that you don't stay in the house, you go to the farmhouse. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, overall, I would say the one waiting for the boat is like is, that crescendo is a fucking nightmare. Is the hardest. So because there's so many entrances into where you're hiding. But um. Also, the one where you, I mean, I, I know it's the first level, but when you're on the rooftops, the difficulty now, there is like the tank not, can knock you right off the roof. Right, that's know, because like, you've probably been trying to hold up on the top, and you, you just hold up in the room with the radio. Uh, that's, that's what we learned the hard way, playing against people online one time. We uh, were trying to hold up on the roof, and they beat our ass, and we're like, now we're going to beat their ass. And they all called the radio, and then just waited in that room covering the windows. And I was like, what are they doing? And then literally we could never get them out of there. I wish that they would patch that somehow because that that crescendo is so lopsided to the survivors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not like every other part of that of a no mercy is super fun as as survivors and as infected except for that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if they just put like a couple of vents you could drop straight down into the room from. That way, you a boomer could pop in there and stuff like I that. I mean, and there's not just like shot. there's no way for you to come at them where they won't see you. Right. So see, that's another thing. Like, and so I've not played any of the verses. Yeah, we need. We got yeah, yeah, Which is which is that's okay, how you that's how you'll learn a lot and get your shit rocked a lot. Like you'll see cool. people that you'll just be like, like there's been times we played No Mercy that one, you know, and like on the very first level, we're like, where are these guys going? It's like they're lost. No, they weren't. They were just completely avoiding every trap we laid for them, like on this alternate route we didn't even know about. Whoa. So, and then next week, uh, the Left 4 Dead DLC comes out. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That yeah. makes the other two campaigns yeah. uh, playable in versus, and also adds survival mode, which people on PC have been able to do for a while, but no, through mods. Well, yeah, but through. I'm I'm sorry. I don't think mod support for this game is the same as Valve support. For oh, this game. obviously, I'm just saying that the option has been there for PC players for a while. I'm just saying. Yeah, but the I'm definitely curious about the survival mode. They're saying that the average time of play for good teams is like 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. So and survival mode's just like hold out? Yeah, it's as like long as you can. Mode. And once you pass the 15-minute threshold, I guess tanks are spawning like every 45 seconds. Yeah, okay. So basically you can't survive past 15 minutes, really? I mean, some people kill the tank like that, like like nothing, like super quickly, so... That's not us. Hmm. No, it's not. But uh, but uh, yeah, Left 4 Dead is good. Yeah, I'm um, really glad I got into it when I did. You know, because of the DLC that's coming out. So when that comes, there'll be a nice resurgence of community there. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And um, and also I've been playing um, Bully for Game Club. Oh uh, yeah, which yeah. we just put up a new episode yesterday. If you guys aren't caught up on that, and people are digging it. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm digging the hell out of it too, man. Uh, I I would like to see Rockstar sort of going back to the drawing boards look at this you know moving forward with the GTA franchise and I would play I would play a second bully on PSP yeah. PSP. PSP that's what I'd prefer to play yeah hmm. really you wouldn't want to play another console version I don't know I I really look forward you know I there has been a lot of PSP news going around you know with like uh, Kohler the SCA marketing executive talking mm-hmm. about because you know Patapon 2 is going to officially be the first yeah. game that doesn't get a UMD release yeah, the you'll be buying download codes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, they they made it clear they're not abandoning UMDs completely. I mean, because they probably can't with retailers, um, but they do want to have a more emphasis on downloadable games, which I'm okay with as long as they're cheaper too. Like, I wouldn't mind handheld games not being thirty dollars all the time. Like, I would buy a lot more if that was the case. And I do like my PSP. I just don't. If 
find that there's enough games on it that I want to play on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But this year looks pretty good for it. So and Rockstar in particular, they're they're uh, ec- they're experts at bringing their games to the handheld. Yeah, I mean, I mean Warriors for PSP they, was supposed yeah. to be really good, even though I never got a chance to play it. The only thing with Rockstar putting their games on the PSP is that they really are just console games on the PSP. They're not playing to the strengths of the system as a portable so much as capitalizing on its similarity yeah. to a console. Which, that, I'm okay with that sometimes. I mean, when I want to play those games, sometimes it's nice to be able to play them laying in my bed right before I go mm-hmm. to bed. Like, that's the equivalent of reading a book and turning out the nightlight for me. And so. also, in like in, in the light of Chinatown I Wars, I mean, it's obviously, it's it, you know, it's obvious that they took, you know, that specific console, you know, the handheld really into consideration with designing that game. And yeah, if you guys want to see more about that, you should watch the uh, new episode of Co-op that will be coming out soon. What, on Chinatown Wars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you, if yeah. you are at all interested in Chinatown Wars and you want to see more Rockstar games on DS, then you better fucking buy that game. And it is excellent. Yeah. It, like, as far as... Counts, go read reviews. I mean, it's, it's super good. Yeah, yeah. if... if <laughs> God. It's it sold 90,000 copies so far. It is a After little, analyst expectations of two to four hundred thousand, it is a little disturbing. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it's it's tough. I mean, because a lot of adults do have a have a DS, you know, like a lot of hardcore gamers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, I guess you know, maybe like, you know, it's not getting sold to the majority of people who have DSs, which is not us, you know. So, I mean, that game's pretty hardcore. Like, it just seems you straight like- up. You straight up sling coke to right. go trade for E, yeah. and then get weed, like. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like the the people that we know, the hardcore gamers that are into DS, are into like the quirkier stuff that doesn't sell as well. Yeah, I play a lot of the more hardcore stuff on my DS though myself. So, and then I play also some quirky shit like Phoenix Wright and stuff. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Retro Game Challenge is the first DS game I played in. Yeah, but you don't play nearly as much handheld games as I do in general. No, this is true, but I mean. Like, I bought a DS and then played it for Puzzle Quest and then stopped. Right. I mean, you just don't do that much handheld gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Typically in the past, too, like, I never played a lot of handheld uh, games. And last year I sort of made a New Year's resolution to, like, play more more DS games. And um, that was Man, when... I should make a New Year's resolution like that. Yeah, so e- every year I have a gaming resolution. This year is to play my first MMO. So. What are your past gaming resolutions? I'm curious. I want to... I'll help you do your first MMO. I, I once had cool. I'd like that. I once had one to get better at fighting games. Did not happen. <laughs> I, I, I had one get play more sports games. Did not happen. But luckily, that with with the handheld, you know, like when you guys are talking about, like I enjoy the hardcore games and the quirky games. Like I got real way into Civ Four, you know, and like when Hurricane Ike hit Houston, and like I didn't have power for two weeks. Civ Four, dude, that was the only video, you know, that and. uh the Korg, the DS10. Yeah, I used I my Korg DS10 with. a little bit, but that game requires too much attention for me a lot of times. Oh, did you buy that? Yeah. Did you import it, or did you buy the American? Version? I got an imported copy off Matt Chandrane. Mm. So, but I do have Korg DS10. Um, but like I said, that's a game where you have to really you have to sit down there and think about it the way you would. It's not a game. It. It's a, it's a, a beat tool. machine. Yeah, and you know, yeah. a lot of times when I sit down with my DS at night, it's like right before I go to bed, yeah. I'm just. I mean, I'm not yeah, trying to I, be, like, I the also, dickhead that's like, oh, well, that's not a game, because right, it doesn't yeah. have victory I mean, conditions. I, I also like, own a Korg drum machine proper that I'm always programming fat beats to. Talk. Yeah, I mean, I like I like making beats and stuff like that, but I'm Hot still... beats. I'm, I'm casual about it. I'm not, like, hardcore enough to huh. sit there and, like, I don't know. Um, 
That's cool though that you've been playing more a little more handheld games. Yeah. I'm excited to get into a handheld game that I got today. So I just picked up Broken Sword. That yeah, that's the one that uh it's I, like an adventure game, right? Yeah, I think it's actually a remake of a classic point yeah. and click adventure from years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. It's published by Ubisoft. I didn't even know it came out. And then I just saw it on my boss's desk and he gave it to me. So I'm excited to get into that. But it deals I mean, with like the Knights Templar. Yeah. Just sort of the same subject matter of like. It has Assassin's a terrible Creed cover though. Like, like if you saw it in a DS game on the shelf, you'd you'd see it and it would have like this really generic looking like stone cross and like a, like some kind of nautical cross. Yeah, yeah, and it's like broken broken sword. Mm-hmm. It would be soft, and you'd be like, that just sounds like shovelware. So you wouldn't even bother looking at it. Man, that's good. a lot of DS games though. That's what I'm saying. Fair. That's that's what I'm saying. The cover is like. The cover's bad. You no, know, it's like, of... speaking of game covers, like last week, and we were talking about Left 4 Dead, it seemed like there was a lot of game cover posts on, like, Joystick and Kotaku and stuff, and one of them, you know, like, they were showing some old concept covers for, like, Left 4 Dead, and I so much loved the concept covers more than the final covers, and just in general, like, you know, since I'm a graphic designer and way into that, every time I see, like, concepts for the covers, I the one that they usually end up going for is the one that I never like. Well, know? yeah, it's like, did you see those promo photographs they sent around with Left 4 Dead to the press where it was like, they sent like movie posters for each of the four, yeah, yeah. the four movies in the game. Like each of those would have been a better cover than the yeah. final one that they yeah. wanted, no. in my opinion. I see. Yeah. I, I mean, but the thing is, if you read those articles, you'll find out that you are incorrect. Because they they test marketed almost every cover oh, that I'm not, you saw. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just speaking from a purely yeah. subjective which point is, to me. Yeah, which I would have liked well, yeah, it better. But I mean, graphic design isn't necessarily about like the most breathtaking art that you can create. I understand so much that. As what, like what catches attention and oh, like, sticks under, in people's heads. I understand heads. that there's a reason that cigarettes ads aren't just a cigarette. This says smoke me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like like you know there are these. A lot of brain right. goes, brain goes into it, and I, and even one that people vote on, for example, Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. That that was one that uh, Infinity Ward opened up for people to vote on the cover, and and actually, I think that was the one where I the one that won. I kind of liked it, but there was one where it's, you know it's, it's typically the ones that are really simple, like the orange box, the first cover that they sent around for the orange box. Like I don't know. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to remember the last time I saw cover art that I really liked. Like I mean, most games that come out with cover art, I don't, I don't think they're very good. Burnout Paradise was great. Burnout Paradise is good. Um, um, the, the Shadow of the Colossus instruction booklet was amazing. How it like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't flip the pages like side to side. You, you turn the instruction booklet over. I didn't even. I'm gonna be honest. I never even looked at the instruction booklet. Oh, oh man, it I just never design. took it out. I own it, but I just <laughs> never took it out. The Katamari covers are all good design. Yeah, I mean there there are some game covers that I think look really good. I thought the Metal Gear Three cover was cool. Yeah, that me, one Snake was Eater. Cool. I liked it. Yeah. Um, that was the one the I. Metal liked. Gear ones are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean those cool. those ones have been kind of good. But yeah, for every one that's good, it's true there are like twenty that are bad. Bad, bad, so. bad. But yeah, bad was there me. was there anything else that you've been playing, Tyler? No, sir. All right, you finish this off. Oh, I, I also started reading um, the Preacher, thanks to Anthony. Which is really This cool. isn't the Geek Box. We don't talk about comics here. Sorry. Just wanted to I mean, we could, there. and we could actually start being real, like, competitors to him. Because he calls us frenemies. Oh, like, does he? Yeah, frenemies. Like, we're his friends, but... I'm sorry, far, I don't listen to that part. As far as Ryan's concerned, he, uh... He, he always... He religiously checks just to tell me, like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know Geek Box is ahead of Rebel FM right now. <laughs> On what? On iTunes. It was for a while last week. 
Well, it's so. probably because they talk about Lost. Well, it's yeah. probably also that we Lost didn't put out a great. show. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess. So last week was our, our Ryan Scott charity week. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> we don't really mean that, Ryan. <laughs> no, we don't mean that. But. I had no idea that we're frenemies. I just thought that we were like, man, I hope nah, you know, Ryan just really likes well. to, in his mind, put a little friendly competition, you know. But we're really, we're different types of podcasts. No, they've definitely got the market covered on Burn Notice podcasts. Well, they're just like geek culture. And, yes. and we're much more video game centric with so. some music thrown in for whatever reason. So we should have like a a pen and paper RPG tournament against like Rebel FM against. Geek oh, we get our asses dude. beat. Like you think so? Oh my god, yeah. I've never played a pen and paper game. Ah, uh, so um, what have you been playing, Arthur? Uh, kind of a lot actually. Um, well, you need to get to it because I want some Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So after playing a way more Guitar Hero Metallica than I expected to because I ended up liking it so much, I sort of caught the the music game bug and started getting back into Rock Band and decided to to start playing the drums some more because I mean I it was it, the drums in Rock Band were something that I got into but I never had a chance to really like go into as much as I wanted to so I decided to start going through the game like that and just kick snare combos kick my ass in that game and i just cannot wrap my head around it yeah more you'll practice. learn with time more practice I mean, no i want to know right now instant gratification i mean i figure that's yeah i mean you know that's like one of the problems that affects people that really play drums i'm sure what do you mean so, kick snare combos like playing like, them at the same time like no like um kick kick snare kick or like oh, okay. snare kick snare snare crash right like, stuff okay. like that it's like like if it's the kick and the snare at the same time i'm good Right. But I just, my feet and my hands get confused. For me, one of the weird things about Rock Band on drums, it's like, I am a drummer, and like there are songs that I can play on drums, but the way they handle fills, I, I, I feel like drum fills are sort of subjective as of like how a drummer would, would execute it, and that a lot of times the fills that the track listening does for Rock Band, I don't feel like it's natural, you know? I don't know. It feels that's, weird to me. That's, that's fair. I mean, how so? Like, well, for example, like if it's like a sixteenth note, which has like four hits, yeah, you know, you might only hit two or like one, and it'll trigger the rest. Whereas, like, I'm thinking, like, you got to do the whole fill, and so it sort of like fucks me up because I'm doing like extra drum hits, or um, you know, like just like a lot of classic uh, rock drumming uh, little finesse things that. I don't know. More like accent stuff. Like uh I okay, so a perfect example of a game that I felt handles drums well in this sense is um the ultimate band for DS, which was like this Disney title that I played for review for one up.com. I remember that. It got a yeah. way better score than anyone anticipated. <laughs> yeah, like I liked it a whole lot. It was really, really cool. And the drums the drums kinda played a little bit like um uh the notes fail on the drums and you hit the notes like when it hits the corresponding drums but they also threw in the ghost notes and they were just transparent notes they were just like white transparent and so it wouldn't count against you if you wanted to play those which is like what I always wish rock band would do is if I am playing the extra rhythms that aren't on the bar I I shouldn't be penalized for them you know I mean there's isn't there a free play mode in Rock Band 2? Where yeah, you can play a no fail you, mode? Yeah, we're not just that, but like it'll you can play whatever you want to hmm, stuff. Maybe. And I'm oh, pretty sure know. that there's a, a thing where you can listen to music off of 
like like you can stream music or whatever and play drums along to it based on like a specific yeah, I'm not, I'm drum not really sound. Sure. I've been pretty burnt out on music games since since Guitar Hero three. I play rock band with people, but that's like the only time I ever pick it up. And so was I. I just I mm-hmm. I was caught off guard by how much fun I had with Guitar, Guitar Hero Metallica. Uh, rock band Beatles is the next music yeah. game I'll pick up. And so. and rumor is that uh that you're well there, it's rumor it's pure speculation that. You'll be able to use two mics, and that will allow for harmonies. Well, yeah, and shit, harmonies, you know? which would be really cool. Which is what every, I like. You know, my girlfriend she really loves to sing harmonies, and, like, and it's always... supposed to come with a replica base of what Paul, Paul McCartney used and a, a Beatles drum set. Oh wow, so. that's cool. Oh, and it's back to cover art. Like they show the cover art of the Beatles games. I approve. Actually, yeah, I mean, uh, it, just like really quick about like design and games. Like Rock Band has some of the best visual oh, design, yes. like of any game. I've seen in like so long, like every 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 single visual moment of Rock Band looks great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and now that we went there, moving on to the next game you've been playing. <laughs> hey, wait. Uh, I, I'd like to note on the cover of uh, Rock Band Beatles, John Lennon's like the only Beatle like with his head turned, and, like everyone else is forward. You know, it's kind of creepy. Or not. I don't. Just blew I have my to mind, see it. Tyler. I have to see it. Uh, I picked up the Chronicles of Riddick Assault on Dark Athena Have you actually gotten to the new content? No um, So I decided that I wanted to play through Butcher Bay first Because the Butcher Bay part leads directly into Dark Athena And I played Butcher Bay before And so I wanted to see if they changed anything And it's been like five years It's almost literally been five years to the the day since uh, Since I played Chronicles of Riddick and in a lot of ways, it's still as good as it was. And in a lot of ways, stuff that was broken is still broken. Um, graphically, they've updated a lot of stuff, but the character models are still kind of janky in spots, and there are weird graphical glitches. Like, there are a lot of like seams that you'll see, where all of a sudden you'll see these black lines all over a character model, indicating polygon edges and meshes. Um, and it's... Someone asked me on Twitter if it's fair to judge a game based on graphical glitches here and there, and and my response is simply that, I mean, if it were just here and there, it would be one thing, but it's so noticeable so often that it does get distracting. Um, and one of the things that Riddick relied on when it came out was how amazing it looked. But it's it's still fun, like, the stealth mechanic is still pretty good, with the exception of... If someone sees you ever and shoots at you, they will always be able to see you forever and ever. Oh, until man, you kill yeah. them. I hate that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, the melee combat is still super fun. It's still... I really enjoyed Condemned and Condemned 2, but it's still arguably better than anything that was in those games and came out way before either. Really? Um, the voice acting is uniformly excellent. Hmm. The atmosphere is fantastic. The, it has uh, a cool visual look to it. I haven't played it yet, but, you know, I've seen videos and a lot of screenshots, and, you know, I just like... it. Kind of in the same way that Stalker looks different from so many other first-person um, shooters. Like this one has a sci-fi shooter to me. Feels, I don't know. I like it. It has a very clear visual style. It also, like the lighting for when you use your eye shine, is really interesting and cool. But also, there's this fisheye lens thing that they kind of do with the mm. with the picture, where stuff distorts on the outer edges, mm. and they use a lot of motion blur and depth of field to. Uh, before other people did. I mean, nowadays you see that. I don't. They games. actually. I don't. They didn't really use any blur uh, originally because I don't just don't think the Xbox is powerful enough to do it. But, um, 
but they use a lot of motion blur and depth of field stuff. But I mean, it looks good. It's fun. It's yeah. I'm an, an incredibly frustrating part. You'll have to they, let me know what it's like once you get to the new content. So. I mean, you can borrow it from me, too. Like yeah, comparatively I just don't. I need, I need to play other things. Well, unfortunately, from accounts, man, the new content is subpar not as the, good yeah um, the original experience mainly because it stays stealth and melee oriented for the first half and then becomes a complete just Great. all about shooting and that game doesn't do that amazingly well no i mean it's just like the darkness didn't do shooting especially well yeah um, um that's cool <laughs> i think that's cool uh i got a chance to, to spend some time playing the new halo 3 maps mm. which are actually all super fun and I didn't suck as bad as I yeah, was afraid I was going to. I'm sure I'll play those at some point too. It's just like, it's just the playlists that they have selected with the new maps just makes them clip along really fast, and you can select the playlist that only has those new maps. And well, they've always done that, thankfully. And the, I mean, two of them are only so-so looking graphically, but the third one that takes place like underneath a Covenant shipbuilding factory is pretty awesome. Cool. And it's just. It gets back to when I found Halo Three super fun, so. And then I've been I tried to get back into Far Cry Two, and it's just my the problem that I have with Far Cry Two, which is why I stopped playing with it, still exists. Which is just it's so hard to determine the progress that you're making in that game. Like I don't I don't know. It's what a strategy guide's for. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't feel like I should have to look at a strategy guide to know how far I am into a game and. That's why you'll never be an Ubisoft marketing executive. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, and I think that their president is like a narcissistic, like, terror. But. I did not say that. Nope. I've also been playing, I also forgot to mention I played a little bit of Demigod today. Oh, how so. was that? Oh, it's okay. Uh, it's it's like a, it's like very much like a Dota. Yeah, that's thing. what I hear. You know, what is what is this? Defense Dota. of the Ancients is a it's Warcraft. It's, it's, it's the most about? famous Warcraft three mod, and it's like it was just like where you had one hero unit, and then like other creatures would spawn and go fight each other, but they weren't under your direct control. So then you used your hero character along with your friends to turn the battle against uh, the other hero okay. characters. Okay. And so be- that's what you were mentioning earlier when you guys were talking about um, Company of Heroes. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. it became more about literally about almost like a almost like World of Warcraft, where it's like you using your individual character and using their special abilities to turn the battle rather than micromanaging a bunch of little mm. units. They're yeah. doing their own thing, and you're just you're just influencing the battle. Oh, that's cool. And uh, and it, it's very much like that. The battlefields are like super cool in the way that they're made. Like you, one that's called Prison. You're fighting on top of a giant demon frozen in ice. That's Whoa. like the battlefield. So the whole time you're fighting, if you look past what's going on you can see the demon like mouth frozen in ice and stuff like that but so far i i find i like it more and more each time i play but i still don't know i mean i'm reviewing it so we'll see how i feel about it in the long term yeah i mean i'm really curious to to see how it plays yeah there's no real single player whatsoever you either just jump in and do skirmish matches or you do tournaments or you play multiplayer that's it there's like there isn't like a storyline it's kind of cool to it where you go along so. That kind of makes me a little. Sad. I remember when you were first checking it out. You mentioned they weren't allowing you to play the the demigods that controlled. Yeah, other like units. Minions. Yeah, have we you just played got the? To, yeah, I've played those now. That's actually the ones I really like. Yeah, is running around with a small little army, and fighting like, guys that way rather than being like a guy that's just a really powerful fighter. So, because I'd rather be someone that's like an okay fighter but can rely on other people. I don't know. I, and has like the abilities like where. 
when I kill a guy, it, it gives like 10% of the damage I deal to all my friends. You like making it feel more like a, uh, an RTS. Yeah, um, I mean, rather than, mm-hmm. than a straight up like Defense of the Ancients thing, yeah. But yeah, it's okay, but I'm surprised. The computer I have at work is this Alienware, and it's pretty nice, and it was chugging. So I don't know. Is it Vista or XP? It's a it's an XP computer at work. Yeah. Huh. So. Well, and there's a little interesting story that goes along Demigod being released, right? Like GameStop. Have you guys ever heard about yeah, this? Yeah. Like they broke the street date. They right? broke street date on it, and basically after four weeks of crunch, the the guys at uh who who put it out? That's Stardock. At Stardock had to come in on Easter weekend to bring all the servers and net code up. Yeah, well, they've been having problems. Multiplayer's still broken, which is why a lot of the reviews are delayed right now. Like, the game's already out, but, like, 1UP put up a new story about delaying the reviews, and uh, I think his name's Brad Wardell, the, you know, the CEO there, put up a a post today, like, in his blog about the fact that a lot of what broke it was that there was, like, unprecedented amounts of people playing at once, and a lot of that was actually piracy. Mm -hmm. Like, they they know for a fact how many units they've sold, and there's over like a hundred k extra people trying to access the multiplayer servers, and that yeah, and there's it. no there's no DRM or content authentication. I think that is going into it right because so Stardock never has that. So yeah, so they're having a little bit of problem with they had like they said when Sins of Solar Empire came out, it was also very successful, but they were able to like rock up the the amount of servers they had running with time, so it never was a problem. But with this one, it was like so many at one time that they got fucked up. So it should be fixed very soon. Um, so yeah, I guess that's... Are we done with what we've been playing? Yeah, I think we, we'll take a break. We'll take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and discuss some of the topics that you picked. Your topics and full bellies of Chinese food. Man, too much Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, I'll give a little shout out to La Tasty in Oakland, California. They do fake fake meat dishes, and I'm vegetarian, and so is Tyler, and Arthur just suffers. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that I suffer; it's just different. Like like fake meat is just something that tastes different than meat, but can still be delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Arthur's just a good sport about it, and it's easier to order something we can all eat. So, I try not to have giant hunks of animal flesh in the refrigerator <laughs> at all times. Uh, kielbasa and like so- big sausages are the only thing that meat really ever ends up in our fridge. I so, do love the kielbasa. So let's talk about the, the topics that some people had. Uh, Arthur's just going to kind of pick and choose the ones he thinks are the best. Let's see. 
I seemed I felt like I was so well prepared, but now I feel like I'm put on the spot. Uh Dragonzig asks, uh, what are our thoughts are on the initial info on Assassin's Creed two? I mean you guys can talk about it if you know, actually, even though I work at a place where we got the trailer and had to do that, I haven't watched it. And I'm not I didn't play the first one, so I'm not Well like, you tried to play the first one. Yeah, I just got distracted by a bunch of games. I still want to play it. Really? Yeah. I thought that you tried to play it and just really didn't like it. No, I played it and it just didn't grab me immediately and then there was other stuff to play. But yeah, I don't know enough about the new Assassin's Creed, although I gather a lot of people really don't know much about it based off what's out there. No, I mean, it takes place in Venice Yeah, during the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, everyone at first was sort of like theorizing that it would, you know, go to the Renaissance era and I think, you know, now that we know what he looks like and... And obviously, you know, with the little teasers that they release, it's obviously pointing to that era. Um, Some other notable things about it is we know now that he has two um, retractable blades. I've seen that, yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, Which, why do you need more than... Escalation for crazier kills. (laughs) Is he going to do, like, a Zangief move, like, through the crowd? There was something (laughs) so (laughs) elegant about the way it was in the first one. Like, you had the single blade underneath your gauntlet and the missing finger where the blade would pop up. Obviously, but it's like being able to chainsaw people and being able to get into chainsaw duels. No, because that's just something that should have been there in the first place. Like, I understand the, the bigger, better, more badass yeah. thing, but it doesn't always... It shouldn't apply in every game. I know, I'm just saying, I, which think, I, will bring I think that's up, the mindset. I will bring that up when we get to Bioshock 2, mm-hmm. which people are also asking us to talk about. Yeah, um, I don't really want to talk about Bioshock 2, though. Well, because I, I have seen it, and I'm not really... The embargo's still up. Well, yeah, but then we'll chat very briefly about that. But, um... I don't know, I mean, they told me one of the things I wanted to know about it, which is that you can swim... Yes. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, in Assassin's Creed. Bully for about. Ubisoft. I mean, that's that. That would be nice to have a level yeah. that takes place next to a pier where water is an instant death. Mm-hmm. Although it makes sense that water would be instant death because a lot of people back then had a phobia of people who knew how to swim. It was kind of considered during the Crusades. And just even back then, and even into early modern Europe, European times, there were people that thought it was kind of the devil's work to know how to tread water because that's not where humans belonged. Okay, so. and, and that's fine, but if I'm next to a pole that's sunk into the ground and I fall into the water, one would think that I could grab onto said pole and yeah. pull myself out. God damn it. Um, also, where where did... um? It seems like I read this somewhere. Is there any uh, evidence that we might be able to have some sort of like gliding wings? Yeah, like, it shows the, the wings from Leonardo's sketchbook, and it, I think the Game Informer article like insinuates that you Yeah, maybe you could. I mean, that, that was a pretty popular thing in the <clears throat> Warhammer tabletop games, too. There was an army based off of that type of Venetian culture, and there were guys that would fly through the air on fake wings like that and other type of contraptions that Leonardo had made, so that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it'd be cool if it was if it even just like worked as sort of like the um, leaf mechanic and uh, I forget which Zelda game you first got the link the the leaf in where you just kind of float. Is that a Wind Waker? Uh, Wind Waker. Yeah. I mean, it's it'll probably take place across several of the provinces that became Italy. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. that there will be Florence and Venice and and fuck like all of those different territories well they were still italy right back then no they weren't italy as it as it is now as a country is actually pretty new before it was just these republics that existed separately just think if they did though just like uh rome though i mean i'd almost rather them do like one place instead of like you know because last time the, yeah i don't think you need to do multiple places they're just joined i mean they may not need to but they will just like they did before because i there's People think seem to think that there's going to be elements of the Pazzi and Medici conspiracy in there, mm. 
And yeah, I'm just saying, you know, you're saying powerful. that they're for sure going to do it, but there's no way you could really know. I mean, I will bet you money. I'm just saying, you're, you're still, you are saying, I am betting. I'm well, just it's just they're placing. Quit saying you know. They, it's heavily insinuated. So, yeah, I have no interest in that game. Really? Nope. None? Nope. Man. Completely off my radar as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, someone asked me the other day, like, what? Or actually, no, when I was registering for the uh, Xbox, <sighs> for the Microsoft press conference, they had a field that asked, like, what's my favorite 360 game? And it like, kind of like made me pause for a second. Was this for the E3 press conference? Yeah, yeah. And I was, and of one of them that was up there, like Assassin's Creed would be, I mean, but up up next to ones that it would definitely not overcome, like Braid or Bioshock in my eye. But I yeah. loved Assassin's Creed. I'm I, super stoked about this one. I'm, I'm interested. I want it to be good. It would be nice if the main character weren't an insufferable prick. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. It is a different main character. It'll probably still have Desmond in it, mm-hmm. like the guy in the future or whatever. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, Zyax, I think, is his name, wants to know why we think there are no left-handed control schemes in games. Uh, for the same reason that uh, if you referred to someone as your left-hand man historically, it was because they were the evil person that did evil shit for you. Because left-handed people are made from the devil. Dick. <laughs> Your teacher should have done right by you when you were in school and fucking wrapped your knuckles every time you tried to write with it until you learned to write with your right hand. I just think it's a, it's an easy thing to overlook an interface design, although it's getting less so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just joking about all that, by the way. I mean, what, I, well, no, I mean, you're not okay joking like in that thing, that's I mean, what people thought. I mean, no, oh yeah, that's true. But I'm okay, just saying. Like, I mean, yeah, I could never imagine Microsoft going and making a controller where the sticks are opposite, yeah. like laid out, the D-pad and everything's on the opposite side for. I don't person. think that's what they're talking about, though. I mean, is that? Do you think that's what they're talking about? Like, what, that's what I was about to say. Like, what is a left-handed? Like, well, what are you saying? I mean, the face buttons on the left side to, of the like, Southpaw options in games. Like, there's right. Still but there are of, games that do that. I'm just saying. Well, no, there are, but there are still a lot of games that don't offer a Southpaw option. Like, right. But I'm just saying. Right, when he said left-handed, I thought controls. he literally meant like switched around. No, I don't know. I do remember. Um, Back in the original NES era, there was a joystick controller that was like that fit in your hand and had buttons on the sides and a stick in the middle. So I don't know. I'm just your right or left hand. I'm just saying, you know, a left-handed guitar you plays literally holding it the opposite way. So I thought he was referring to a controller like that. I mean, maybe that's, that's what he meant. If that's what he's referring well, to. He said left-handed control schemes. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there are games. There that are that. yeah, there are games that have left-handed control schemes, and they're much more common after Halo, like. And honestly, if, it, if it's just a control scheme that bothers you, I mean, you can overcome it. I've played games with control schemes I hated, but then by the end I learned it. I consistently feel handicapped when I can't switch the sticks. And I'm right-handed and I play <laughs> Southpaw for whatever reason. Yeah, well, you are a bad example for that reason right there. Like, why do you want to play Southpaw? That's such a I don't, weird it thing. Just, it's, more, it's more comfortable to me, like, for some reason. Exactly, I'm just saying that you're a very small minority, so a lot of times the people that are designing these games, unless they're Southpaw, probably don't even put a second thought into it a lot of times. So maybe maybe we need to make sure there's a Southpaw person on every design team so that they remember, like, hey, I don't like this. Or they could just have, like, the Gamer's Bill of Rights, thou shalt, or, like, all all gamers should have, like, left-handed control schemes available or something like that. But, uh, I don't know. <coughs> I, it just seems like some games that are, are better designed and have more thought put into them generally offer the option to switch your sticks into... Into a and those lot are games of with teams of a bunch of people, 
which probably among them are lefties. And they my make only, sure it's known. My only problem is when I select a left-handed control option and it makes the firing trigger on the left-hand side as well. That feels weird. But well, that's because you're not a true lefty. That is probably correct. I am a mutant. You're an asshole, though. Uh, he also asked, why do 90% of game developers hate the colorblind? Probably for the same reason they hate people who are left-handed. Because, yeah, I mean, no one goes into designing a game thinking how we're going to cater to the colorblind. Well, they should, though. I mean, it's... Why? Because it's a problem, and, I mean, a pretty significant chunk of the male population has very Right, but if they're sitting there planning out a specific visual design in a way that they want to specifically use colors and stuff... I don't know that they should have to compromise that because well, the people but I mean they put subtitles blind. in games for deaf people and their visual as well as audio cues for deaf people. I mean, colorblindness is another disability. It's making things more accessible. I guess if there was like a way you could saturate the colors differently as an option, but I don't know. I think. I mean, uh, I'd be interested to know what what games people find especially. I guess egregious. it's so different with deafness because deafness is just like you put some text on the screen color blindness would literally be changing like the color palette of the art design and stuff that's very specifically picked mm-hmm. um i guess one in 76 people in america are colorblind yeah one in 76 people and then how many of them play video games probably a lot uh, uh, but still it is it is a it is a very tiny percentage of the overall population that's what i'm saying that's why these things don't happen though it's just because it's like if they lose the colorblind audience to this game, it's not going to hurt their bottom line. Probably is the is the problem. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that that's why they don't really think about it. I yeah, don't know. I mean, I, I, I wish that they someone would a third that party stuff. should make an ability for a game to like change the color schemes for colorblind people, like a third party thing, mm-hmm. and make um, fucking millions. <laughs> yeah, I guess World in Conflict has a colorblind option. I think WoW is supposed to patch in a colorblind option. See, I feel like this all happens because there's someone on the team who is colorblind or something, and they bring it up. Like, hey, maybe we should cater to colorblind people. But if it doesn't, like, there isn't someone in the design process involved that thinks like that, just doesn't come to someone's mind. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, like what you just said, design process. Like, when you talk about design, its ultimate goal is to, like, communicate to everyone, Right. And so, like, with red lights, like, the reason why we don't have to deal with colorblindness on red lights is because we know that the red is either going to be, you know, the light that's on the bottom or on the left, Well, right? exactly, and that's the and reason so, why why stoplights are designed that way is yeah. because everyone knows what their vertical order means as well right. as their Right, but when you talk about gaming and, like, different <clears throat> types of interaction, um, you know, I, I think what you're talking about, Anthony, is, like, someone developing a third-party piece of software to sort of break down the colors... That are too close to each other, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a brilliant idea. If somebody ever jumped on that, like, and, and that, that would ultimately monitor. be like a good solution to it too, because I don't know the way that this know. technology would actually work. I'm just saying. I mean, it yeah. would probably just identify alpha channel information, or that's whatever. what I'm saying. I'm like, just saying something for these people that they could then go and get something <coughs> that caters to them. Because every like, now and then, when games like Planet Puzzle League or something are you know become really popular, that have a lot to do with like matching up colors or. You know, things like people have... But you'll notice in in a lot of those games that have, like, different colored gems as their gameplay mechanic, they're also shaped Shaped differently. differently. Right, yeah, but Planet Puzzle League, for example, they're they're all, like, squares, right? But again, I don't think that's because they're trying to color to colorblind people. I think that's also because they're trying to help people have an easier time identifying them, too, by giving us two forms of identifying (laughs) these things, color and shape. So, because some of those games get so fast, you need, like, those extra things to help you recognize them. I do think that, uh something that's being there's this sort of 
divergent path in in game visual design right now where some studios are trying to do something that looks quote unquote realistic or super detailed but very subtle in the way that it looks detailed and there are other studios that are trying to go for something very visually distinctive like you have something like Call of Duty 4 which is really detailed but everything the outlines of everything are very similar whereas in something like Team Fortress 2 for example one of the design tenants that they use for that game is something should be immediately identifiable by its by its outline yeah by the silhouette yeah I'm just saying again this colorblind thing goes right back to left hand thing is that they just don't think about these things because there probably isn't someone there that that reminds them that this is an issue when they're doing the design. So it would be nice if they did. It would make people happy. So do it, developers. I don't know. I still think someone that's colorblind should get in on that colorblind TV technology. For real. There's mild pussy warfare going on behind my head. Don't mind. Sounds us. like someone's watching aliens <laughs> in the background. Don't just wave your hand back there. You're an idiot. <laughs> you can get your hand fucked up pussy in a box topic master pull another one I'm trying to find one that you're not going to poop on uh ASDF why did okay just as a tangent why why would you pick ASDF as your username why would you do that how that, hard is it to come fuck? up with a name that would be because someone just typed into the keyboard because they didn't want to put a real name but then it memorizes their email address and their their name is ASDF forever I don't know, because a lot of people don't like to have to leave a username when they're yeah. leaving a comment. Well, uh, Suggest games to play while listening to podcasts. I'm sick of Luminez, and I don't really like Peggle. Oh man, this is all you. I don't play games while listening to podcasts. Uh, any, any game where you don't have to pay a ton of attention, where you can sort of go on autopilot. Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest is a good on example. XB, XBLA or, um, or any of those. Uh, Civ 4. A good portion of my oblivion time was spent with podcasts on in the background. Yeah. Um, he mentions Fallout Three. Fallout Three. Um, that once one, you once you clear the plot, yeah. In Fallout Three. I mean, yeah that 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 one. I I would say it depends because sometimes you might even even if you're not on a plot. Like for example, I, I stumbled into a vault uh, yesterday and I was found finding a bunch of really interesting journal entries left behind in this particular vault that had you know wasn't necessarily linked to the main storyline. So in that situation, I'd probably like pause the podcast. But um, what like PSN games or live arcade games are really good for that. Yeah. Like Settlers of Catan or what's that? What's the other one that you play? Carcassonne. Carcassonne is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I again, I only listen to podcasts while driving or traveling or something. I don't want to play games while I'm doing it. I mean, almost anything like puzzle or RTS like or Hexic, board actually, game like, yeah. you know, would probably work. Anything that's not story heavy, I think. Mm hmm. Um, and that you don't have to hear like the audio clues of like enemies approaching. Or these something. might as well be letters, really, because it's the same shit people ask us in letters. Uh, Julia wants us to talk about the Beatles rock band. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I mean, Unfortunately, it's, it's going to have a bunch of Beatles enough. songs on there and it's going to be awesome. Is and that enough for you to buy it? That it's just Beatles songs. Yeah, I mean, if it's the only way we're really going to get Beatles songs, anyways, because they're not going to do DLC of it and stuff. I mean, like the other interesting thing I think to bring up about Rock Band is how they're planning to um, re-release remastered versions of all the Beatles albums on the same day, uh, and it's like the first time that they've been remastered and re-released, like the full album. Wasn't there like I mean, a scandal been... last time they released Beatles albums on CD? Like they were mono mixes or something when they were supposed to be stereo. I don't know. 
And it's not pertinent to Julia's question. All I know is that Julia, Rock Band 2, or Rock Band, Beatles is going to be awesome because it's Beatles songs, and that's all you need to know. Really? That's pretty much... I mean, it's the only way you're going to get to play Beatles songs, so if you're a big Beatles fan, I mean, that's how you got to do it. I think it's got a pretty big crossover potential. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, you know. And like we brought up earlier, dude, if they add in harmonies, that'll get the choir nerds. <laughs> but yeah. I don't really like this rock band thing, but we can harmonize. <laughs> Everything's better acapella <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, Submit. Our friend from Destructoid submitted a few yeah, topics. Okay. He's a cool uh, guy. What did you think about Bioshock 2 gameplay footage? You can't talk about it. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, it's early. Okay, like, one, one well, thing everyone's I would seen say... the gameplay footage. I've is it that, early? But... I mean, isn't it coming out this fall? There's, I mean, I mean, six months of cleanup, you know, can do some pretty serious things. Uh, yeah, let's be, I mean, that yeah. is true. I mean, it's yeah, still fair I just to call it early. I feel like they're, they're pretty late into the dev cycle they're they're pretty close to yeah but that's still fair to call it early though i mean mm-hmm. it is yeah early. i would say to me the the first thing that that was apparently that sort of threw up the first red flag was the fact that when the character was walking around as a big daddy it didn't seem like there was any weight to him walking like when you heard a big daddy coming in the first bioshock the whole world shook yeah you know and obviously they don't want to do that but it just didn't seem like there was any weight behind the movement at all and even like when he was using the drill like and I, I don't know, yeah, maybe it feels I, different when it's in your hands. I think it's because your character's not a regular, I mean, big guy. I mean, you got the helmet and the drill. But, I don't know, your character didn't exactly have that weight in the first game either. No, but you definitely thing. made, like, the pounding footstep noise. You did, but, he didn't, you, but you still didn't get, you didn't move with that sort of weight. But you, I mean, way. you also weren't a full-on big daddy, like, you didn't have the drill. Well, maybe or... this guy's not a full-on big daddy. That's the thing, is that yeah. I think, I think once people learn more about it, it'll make more sense. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, or just like looking at the way, you know, like Mirror's Edge, you know, when you're when you're running, or, you know, like Dice, they 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 did they do a really good job of like handling yeah physical. I just think that there's a big there was a big thing to this where they really still wanted it to feel like Bioshock, and so if it didn't do that in the first game, they didn't want it to do it not like make it do it in the second game. Hmm. I think that the thing about Bioshock um, that I enjoyed wasn't like how crazy the action was so much as the atmosphere and the ingenuity of the environment and the the tone of the game. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're taking very much the standard big FPS sequel approach to it, which is, oh, hey, let's add, like, let's just double that and make this twice as bad. It's the yeah, Gears of War to sequel school of thought applied to Bioshock, and it sort of makes this thing in the back of my head tingle in a not pleasant way. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the the thinking behind it was that there was no way it could be Bioshock without Rapture, which is why it's still taking place there. Yeah, and that's fine. I just, like, the the fact that they're, oh, well, let's have a female version of the Big Daddy, and we'll call them Big Sisters. And Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable reaction to have, but I, I think that there's a lot more thought going into it beyond that. And it is the team is composed of people that made the first game. Yeah, and, I, so, and it has some people who made the first game. Hence, I just said composed of some people who made the first game. Well, isn't one of the lead I, directors? I didn't say all. Um, and I, I I can't think of his name here, but he did my favorite level in the first Bioshock. The um, it was the level that was like uh, the guy who was into the theater. Yeah, and uh, I just thought that that level. I mean, that was the one that oozed atmosphere. You know. You yeah, know. I mean, the, the the thing is, is that it isn't like the people they brought over are like random tester one and random code intro monkey. It's like they brought over key people from the first game. Yeah, 
And and that's I'm not saying it's going to suck. I'm saying that what I'm seeing is not striking me as particularly interesting. I, I know, and like I said, that's a fair reaction. I just think mm-hmm. that that the pedigree of people that are behind it means that it's okay to be cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And also, like, one thing I always remind myself when I think of Bioshock 2, you know, and a lot of people are just kind of crying foul at it in general, you know, for, you know, understandably. But, like, I, I loved the combat in the first one. Like, I loved the big shootouts. I loved, like, quickly switching between my plasmids. You know, if this gives me a few more options and uh, more of the combat, as long as it feels the same, uh, you know, I'm okay with it. So. I mean, the the part where the the big sister breaks the the glass and the water rushes in is interesting, and that could lead to an interesting yeah, aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. It's just... Of all, like there have been a lot of games marketed as based in part on the vision of their primary creative person, and Bioshock was definitely very much one of those. It was Ken Levine's baby. Yeah, like, which I think to an extent is fair. And then I mean, there was a million other people there with Ken Levine making that game great, and mm-hmm. some of those people are still in this new one. So I'm just saying, maybe there's a maybe somewhere in Bioshock Two, there's a new Ken Levine. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's possible. I just haven't seen anything to indicate as such. And I, I mean, well, the it. only thing you've seen though is also like a a, a quick few minute trailer. Well, yeah, mm. but I mean, if a company is un, is revealing a game, then that is going to set the tone for my reaction to that game. Going right. I'm forward. also just saying that a lot of that comes from like PR people and stuff like that to decide like you got to show the cool thing, which oh. in their mind is might be something different. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I, I, but yeah. that was never the case with the the original Bioshock. I mean, what you saw of Bioshock when it was revealed was extremely indicative of the atmosphere of the game. Right, when and it I came also out. think that with the first Bioshock, they were reviewing something completely new, and with this one, they're not. They're still trying to come back and hit on all those old notes for people, but then also try yeah, and bring still, something. Yeah, I, I still think. Yeah, I, I don't think they're showing all their cards for sure. And yeah. I, I just think that trying to cover all of the ground of a previous game and add new stuff is setting themselves up for an extremely lofty task that could result in failure. I would have rather have seen them try more different than I'm seeing. Oh, me too. I would have rather not took place in Rapture at all myself. Just call it Bioshock. But still have it take place in somewhere. I mean, totally the the ending of Bioshock wasn't is especially vague. As no, far I as mean, what and, the, and this and this and this. I mean, the new game will. I'm positive will not disavow that ending in any way, shape, or form. So, I know it takes place years after the events in Bioshock One. So, so I mean, I I, I would like it if Bioshock Two was good. Mm-hmm. I I just didn't see anything that particularly stood out. I mean, it looks good. Like, the graphics are good. Mm-hmm. Like, they look improved, and they look yeah, a little less good. plasticky than they did before. But, but yeah. Um, he wants to... Submit also wants to know what we think about Six Days in Fallujah. How can you, say, presume that something is trivializing the Iraq War when you don't know a damn thing about it because the game was only announced two days before you took a stand against it, is his uh, addendum to that question. <laughs> Nice. Wait, who took a stand against it? I mean, there are people that are that are setting themselves up to be offended by six days. Yeah, I mean, uh, they in the video I saw for it. I mean, they did have a lot of actual people that fought in Fallujah there, including the guy on stage that that presented the game to us at the Konami event was a sergeant that led men into combat as a corporal in Fallujah. Yeah, I mean, my I mean, like. You know, they they are getting opinions from real soldiers on it. And when it was announced, my my reaction was a raised eyebrow, but it wasn't 
horror. I actually think the biggest problem with it, from what I've seen watching the the big long trailer I saw and like having seen the presentation, was that they built this engine that can like blow everything up. So like you'll throw a grenade in a room and like it'll like cause the room. Yeah, it'll fuck up the room. But but I actually think that they're doing a dis a disservice to the people that fought over there by not having like like shooting people is not violent whatsoever in that game. Like you shoot like an insurgent, you'll pop them in the knee and pop them in the face, and it's just like like the original Halo. Like maybe a little bit of like blood goes bloop, pops off, but there's like there's no battle damage to him. It doesn't it doesn't have the weight of like I just fucking murdered. Or shot, not murdered, it's not fair. Or like, I oh, just, that person is like missing chunks out of their body and yes, they're black I, from... I just from, I just maimed or burnt that person or, you know, or my friend or your teammate gets shot. He's just like, ooh, There's a certain lack of gravity. Yeah, it's like, it's like I, they put in that gravity in the environment and I think that like those service people, I'm sure like seeing environments blow up in front of them was incredibly traumatic but i'm saying i i have to imagine that seeing one of their friends get shot and have some piece of them missing was much so more traumatic what you're saying is you want a game that inspires post-traumatic stress symptoms i'm just saying if they're trying to really carry that feeling across i feel like they should apply that same engine in a way to the to the people that are there like to get the gravity of what these men really sacrificed and went through i think then you you do run the risk of say the violence in call of duty world at war which i felt sort of trivialized things like it was it was so gory that it was almost comedic. Yeah, I guess I didn't necessarily feel that way about World of War all the time. I I felt more like that about Brothers in Arms a little bit more. With the slow-mo headshot cam. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I just think that they need to do something more. Because as it stands right now, people get shot and it's like, I don't know, they just look kind of like robots getting hit. That sucks. I was just going to say, like, I think one of the main problems with, sh- with, with shooters, um, and we'd sort of talked about this on a podcast before, is just, like, you know, when, when it's a game where everything in the game is shooting, like, you can't make every moment dramatic because then it's, like, where can you go from there? You know, it's, um, you know, it's like the argument, like, if you want to really, uh, you know, deter violence, show what violence is, you know, like action movies, you know, you'll see a guy punch a window out of a car and like but you don't see you the know. fact that he broke every bone in his hand yeah and that like as soon as he did he doubled over and cried like a girl you know yeah like, i don't know i think that there are going to be certain cool things like they kind of implied in the video i watched that there will be times that you'll run up on a family of people and you might think that it's 100 percent safe and then one of them's hiding a, a rifle under their shirt when you enter their house and stuff like that do you play as one is there a, a chief protagonist that you play as i don't know i'm not sure actually I mean, something that I feel might add gravity to it is there There are a number of, of named characters that you don't get a lot of story on, but when you're playing as someone, if you die as that character, then you move on to the next person and see that person die, like to add a sort of, to, to indicate consequences, hmm. like to see people, wow. like for you yourself to die, mm-hmm. um, just like, uh, they were talking about it on the Giant Bomb cast, and one of the things that added a little bit of gravity to Call of Duty 4, for example, was the fact that one of the characters you play don't make it, that they they, they do die, and, and you experience their death. And not only that, but you experience death twice in that game. Mm-hmm. And it does add a certain gravity to it at times. Yeah, and then I mean, it's it back to the fucking stupid rap song at the end. Yeah, I mean, but, I still think that Fallujah, from what I saw, has some of that too, though. Like, they are trying to get the banter like of soldiers down. But, like, when I watched it, like, you know, I didn't serve in Fallujah, obviously, so I don't know for sure. But some of it came across as, 
a little too close to Gears of War at times when they'd be like, fuck yeah, you totally smoked that guy. Like, you know, I don't know. Which, I mean, isn't necessarily that far off from the way that... No, no, it's true. It was just happening so much that it just came... Like, I just think the game needs a lot of tuning. So, but yeah, my biggest complaint is that there isn't enough gravity with the violence against people in that game yet. I think my... The the thing that, that caught my attention, and I think the thing that caught some other people's attention, is that in the the initial article I saw on it, I don't remember where I saw it, um, is that they went into a lot... They spent a lot of time establishing how much attention they're paying to be respectful of it and to 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 pay respect to it and to do it in an interesting way and to not take a stand and to make it a, a video game equivalent of a documentary. And that's all fine. That's really interesting. But at the very end of the game, at uh, the end of the article, when they asked how, if they were worried about people's reactions or how people would respond to, to the content, whether or not it was too soon after the battle of Fallujah, their immediate defense was in the end, it's just a game. And every time I see someone use that defense as a way to avoid any discussion whatsoever of content in a game, it raises my hackles and it it makes me sus it makes me suspicious of of how things are going to turn out. Right. I don't know. I mean, it yeah. is a game, and to, I understand that what they mean, though, to an extent, is that they are trying to tell a story and everything, but at the same time, they are going to tune things to be fun and stuff like that mm-hmm. at the same time. It's yeah. not going to be just like Fallujah all the time, where sometimes you'd go out maybe and do a patrol and nothing would happen. It's going to be obviously geared towards still making people enjoy it. Well, no, See, if there's the no patrol like, in Fallujah. I mean, the the this game is based on the Battle of Fallujah. It's well, that's what I'm saying, yeah, where it was like, I'm just saying that but still some things might you might go out and you might not really see something in the same way as like, you know. I mean, I, I think they're going to like put together like 10 really... Like ten guys, like crazy combat stories into one thing you might actually participate in. You know what I'm saying? Like to make all these highlighted moments that are perhaps a little bit more hyper real, in a sense, because they're still trying to tune a game that is going to be fun to play from start to finish, not just you know a drag. See, and I, I think as long as that you know verbiage you know is is used, we'll never see a shooter that really does anything other than become just a game. You know. Like, if someone made the war game where it is more mundane, like there's long stretches of patrols where no- nothing happens, and all of a sudden, you know, a crazy shitstorm goes down. Yeah, I think you know, the, I just, the words fun and games are something that I'm starting to think are holding back. Yeah, well, I don't know that, 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 that the thing is, is that that game's never going to get made by any company like Konami, who's trying to make exactly. a, who's yeah, trying yeah. to sell a million copies. Exactly. See, I don't so know that that's to... true, because there are plenty of, of other entertainment experiences that aren't fun that are total downers that that aren't that aren't light romps or totally like oh i feel super good after doing this that yeah, but, still but i'm do saying really movies well. and stuff only last like two hours that's the thing mm-hmm. so you're trying to make a really long experience i don't think people have the patience for that for hours on end so i mean maybe if you made a really short game or something like that that just tries to tell a story it could be like that and still be entertaining but i just don't I mean, maybe if it was like a game that was like ten short stories like that, that'd be really cool. That are just like each like an hour and a half, two hours long. But I don't think that people would put up with that for long periods of time. And I mean, yeah, maybe that's the way that they could lead into that is by creating a game that's a series of chapters, and there are chapters where it's not fun so much as. And I know that this is one of the forbidden adjectives. Compelling. I mean, it doesn't have to be fun to be. I don't. I don't even like the word entertaining necessarily, but. 
but gripping or involving. Like it can be that without being like total meathead banter. Yeah, I agree. Blowing I just, the heads off insurgents. I don't think that's gonna happen as a sixty dollar anytime when it's a full retail release. I think you know they're gonna tune it to be fun for people that don't want to think about that sort of stuff as well. Like they mm. want the Call of Duty. They want the Call of Duty. Drag you. Behind, I'll drag you behind a truck because I'm a racist. Crowd think, there as well. I think Ooh. someday. I think <laughs> remember someday, those guys that said that to us. Yes, guys, we were playing Call, we Duty played Call of Duty. You know, and I was just make. There's. I was pulling an example of assholes we played with that were saying they would pull us behind a truck because we said we were gay, or something like that. Yeah. Well, they were like, "What are you doing, faggot?" And it's like, "Yes, that's right. I am. Ab- I am. I am gay." And so they were like, "If you were living in our country or our part of the country, we'd drag you behind a truck." And I was just like, "Man, this is very indicative of Call of Duty for people." Anyways, I think someday we will get a shooter that, you know, does the saving Private Ryan thing, you know. I just think it, you know. I mean, maybe I could see an indie game doing something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's where I would look towards, actually. Or when when I think about stuff like this, I always think about the Heavy Rain folks, you know, the Indigo Prophecy prophecy guys, you know. Right. I think the kind of shit they do. I think it's something that downloadable content could do, maybe, like, based on another game's framework. But I'm saying 10 years from now when engines like Unreal 3 are like shit that people dick around with on their computer because exactly. it's completely free. Yeah, yeah. Some indie team uh, making yeah, it for exactly. computers of the future that it's like, I made this downloadable game. Yeah. I guess what it comes down to is that if their primary interest is to make it fun as opposed to respectfully treating the subject matter, then there will be criticism leveled at the game and it's going to have to deal with it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to deserve that criticism. I mean, there is... There are a lot of people that it's an incredibly sensitive subject. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not as bad as say the Super Columbine Massacre game. Well, obviously not, but, because I mean, I mean, the effect matters that they are consulting with real soldiers that fought in Fallujah. And, you know, I mean, and there already have been multiple soldiers who. Have, I mean, Brothers in Arms had like. Yeah, but I'm no. The point I'm making is that there have already been soldiers, and it hasn't been that long ago. And there have already been other sites that have contacted other soldiers not involved in making the game who didn't care. Don't, it doesn't bother them that there's a game being made about this, you know. Just saying, I'm sure there are ones who are bothered as well. It'll be divisive in that way, I'm sure. Moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> um. And all, this, he he threw out a lot, and they were all pretty good. But I'll finish out his with this one. Have publishers crossed the line into absurd ridiculousness when it comes to promoting their games? And he uses the example of the Godfather Two brass knuckle <laughs> incident. <laughs> Man, I, I wish they would have no. sent me some brass knuckles, man. No, that, I, I, I don't I submit, yeah, That I, brass knuckles thing is like, you only heard about that because they got a thing to recall, but yeah. you don't hear about the 20 other things that get sent that you never just hear anything I mean, about. I mean, the Godfather, the original Godfather game, they sent out stuffed plush horse heads. <laughs> and like, uh, for Stranglehold, they sent out like sets of pistols that looked like real pistols, Replicas. but they were lighters. But I mean, they were like startlingly realistic like um, you could get shot for pulling it out on a cop like for Metal Gear Solid 3 didn't they send out cans of meat yeah but they were just like full of like clam chowder but they just relabeled them as snake meat yeah um, um, yeah I mean you know there's there's tons of shit the brass knuckles thing was just a fuck up because they're illegal in multiple states so yeah they, the game company has been sending out really weird promotional shit Forever. For a long time. Yeah, I mean, like uh, GTA 4 or GTA Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, they sent out mirrors that were obviously Coke mirrors. No! <laughs> so, they're just these little square mirrors, and it was like, what are these for? I wonder. 
So yeah, I mean, I, I I just think that that shit happens all the time, man. Yeah. I mean, then, oops, but people are making a way bigger deal out of it than it is. Yeah, that isn't going to stop them. I'd like uh, to say, um, submit's a big sports guy at Destructoid, and they always give him shit anytime he tries to talk about sports games, but it's like, sports games are cool, let him talk. Yeah. I like sports. I, I, I occasionally play sports games, not very often. Uh, Austin B. wants to know about our piles of shame. What are two games on your pile of shame, Anthony, that you own that you haven't played? Um, sure. If I looked at my shelf, I'd see ones that are still shrink wrapped. You know, what? I, okay. Wait, I didn't realize this pile of shame. They're games you own and haven't played, or just yes. games you want. That to is play why it's a pile of shame played. as opposed to like wishful thinking. Ah, no, I, I don't know. I was thinking that it could be games you didn't own either. Like I guess on that. I I mean the term originates from people that had like stacks of games sitting around. Yeah, but I don't think that's most people. I think it also originates from games they just never got around to playing either. Which in that case for me would be both of the Knights of the Old Republic games I have never played. Referring to games you own. Well, I don't know. Um I can think of one. What? You didn't play the Force Unleashed, did you? No, but I mean that's not I don't consider that on my pile of shame either. Really? As a Star Wars nerd? No. I also don't consider my pile of shame that I never saw the Clone Wars in theater either. And I did play <laughs> through The Force Unleashed on DS. Well, that's not the same game. It tells the same story. So, so yes, it is, it isn't the same game. It's the better game. So, well, I'll stick by that. Anything? No, not that I can think of that I... That of what Fable 2? Of what I own. No, I still don't even really care that I haven't played Fable 2. It's not like I'm... I, I care that I... I paid for it and I haven't played it, but in that sense. But I'm not like, oh man, I really missed out on Fable there. So I'm just like, whatever. I'll get to it if I ever get to it. Man, I've got four on mine, and they're all from last fall. What are yours? Um, Banjo and Kazooie, Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Yep, see, I, I played that. I played like the first ten minutes and really started enjoying it, but just uh, never haven't gone back to it. Um, Viva Pinata Two. See, I played that. Um. And one, I really, uh, man, Mirror's Edge. I'm about a quarter of the way through, but man, the combat in that pisses me off so bad. You should, there are so few situations in that game where you should be fighting. Yeah, I just, I got frustrated with that one. Yeah, see, so most of the games I own and haven't really played, it's because I played them for like 10 minutes and just was not impressed. Like, I would say Mercenaries, but wasn't feeling that. So, I don't know. KOTOR, man. That's, about, that's like uh, my infinite pile. Bad Company. You guys have Battlefield Bad Company? Yeah, I, I tried playing that for... I was supposed to write a guide on it, and I thought the single player was terrible. Really? Yeah. Man, dude. I love I hated game. the fact that enemies could see you from, like, yeah, a I half mean, a mile away. All of a sudden, you're right, just like... Right, You're like, where the fuck am I getting shot from? And you'll just see, like, a little flash in the distance. You'll be like, Jesus Christ! It's the most accurate nation of people. <laughs> yeah, that's a major director. People with 2400 vision. Right. Yeah. But uh, I heard the multiplayer in that game is excellent. Fuck, yeah, Beyond dude. excellent. So played the shit out of it. Yeah, KOTOR, man. That's like my infinite pile. Like, those are games I feel like I've just missed out as a gamer and a Star Wars fan. Damn, man. So, you really did on that one. Yeah. That's one I feel the worst about. Man, what about you, Arthur? Fable 2. Yeah. I played it for like half an hour and it was fun and then I played Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah, that's my fourth as um, well. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, are we counting games that we started and never finished? I need to finish Tomb Raider, the most recent Tomb Raider game. 
I think I'm mostly with you. You can get down the DLC and really finish it. No, I refuse to support their business model. (laughs) Even if we are friends with somebody who works there and it it might help them keep their job. Yeah. Now we'd just be giving our money to Square Enix or whatever. So, Square Enix. Let's let's do like one or two more and then we'll take a break and then do uh, the few letters that I got where people mostly fillet me. Filet, <laughs> Shio. So wait, you picked you picked letters that. that no, no, no. I'm you. just saying the ones I have in my inbox are typically addressed to me, but actually not all of them are very nice. One was like calling Skip out on the racial versus racist thing. Oh, I got that too. Which he was mostly just joking. You know, it wasn't like Skip was serious when he was saying that. No, but actually that guy's full of shit, and we can talk about that letter if you want to. I mean, you can. I, I will I totally. Didn't even read I it. will defend Skip to the end. I, I saw. I saw him do that, and I was like, and then I was working, and I was like, your letter's too long for me to care. So I skipped it. Uh, young team who we have played games with. Yeah, sure. What does he have to say? Uh, he has a few. Have, let's, let's check what do we it. think about Amazon selling Xbox Live Arcade codes? Yeah, I think that's all right. I think it's too bad that they don't sell DLC though. That's that's his follow up to that. Is will this also translate to DLC? If I it really does, hope that'll be so. cool. I like being able to pay exact Earth dollar amounts for sure for content. But for now, that I can only buy arcade games and points. That kind of bothers me. I'd like to be able to buy the DLC is the big one. I mean, it is kind of nice so you can send it to other people. But at this point, the only thing I ever do is I buy points for DLC. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the primary one I want. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's a pain in the balls. Um, do, 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 how do we think it'll react with uh, sale prices? Because they have put some of them on sale. I don't know. Microsoft has shown a willingness to occasionally drop prices on stuff for a limited time. Yeah, they do deal the weeks and stuff all the time now. So, um, does uh, on community input in games is giving the community what they actually want make a better game? I don't know. Eleven million WoW users can't be wrong. <laughs> right, I was just about to say like you just were talking about WoW earlier. Yeah, he uh, he lists Gears of War two as an example of doing something wrong, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't really see that it's them giving people what they want in the same way. I think I still think WoW is the best testament to that because they're just constantly putting out content for it and they're literally changing it to whatever people want. Not only like. it's not just that though. It's not like they're just doing it like in blanket patches. It's like they trickle stuff out and tease giving people what. Yeah, they Yeah, like want. people just getting the ability to do something that they feel like they should have been able to do till day one is enough that they're like, it's time to resubscribe, bring my account back online. <laughs> so WoW's got it down to a science. I mean that's. Activision Blizzard, man, outdoing their profits even more than they thought, I believe, for this quarter. Um, He asks how we feel about Steam and Impulse having the power to revive dead games through free weekends and sale prices, and he gives Unreal Tournament 3 as an example. Um, I don't know. Did that revive it? No, actually, and that's what I was going to say, is that Unreal Tournament 3 is not... There's still no one playing that game. I don't know. That's one of the great... I mean, how do you do? You know that, like, yeah, like if you it? if you go onto the server, like, log on and see the server numbers, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'm hundreds just of people. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the sale things are good for, but I mean, saying that's not even an old game. I thought we were talking about like the real services that do that, like good old games or something like that. Yeah, that's what, that's what um, I thought. That's what I thought you guys. I think Steam Steam is good for Valve to to maintain momentum, like. If they see Left 4 Dead sales start start to slow down, putting it on sale for twenty dollars is a great idea. Right, but yeah, I mean, I I just these ha- are yeah, older games. Like I I haven't noticed uh, Deus Ex setting the world on fire or anything. Right. Um. But who knows? Maybe in the future it could. I haven't seen anything to say that it it does. 
And finally, he he asks, uh, he says, "Eat, sleep, game nights. Let's make it happen." Uh, no. There we go. You're such an asshole. No, I just it's not that. It's actually I don't mind. You know what the what emails I get complaining about you not playing Killzone Two with your clan. you know it's it's just that uh <laughs> it's just that it's hard to find time to play games as it is and honestly it's like I work. I don't want I don't want to make it sound like a whining bitch, but I'm going to sound like a whining bitch that like I work and then I come home and do the podcast and the days I do the podcast it's like a 12 hour day for me, so it's like I don't know I mean I, I like that idea but I, I we could have like a game night like maybe once a month, but I wouldn't want to commit to it every week. I'd be I don't know. It's like a job. Yeah. Plus we got some other ideas cooking anyway, you know. So. Yeah. I like the idea of like having like an event like somewhere in the city. And like having people come and play games on big screens somewhere, or going to the grand theater. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to together. doing something, but yeah, it would, it, it would. I'd rather it be more of an event than than a a regular scheduled thing because you know, some quite frankly, I'm gonna come home. If it was like every Wednesday night at eight or something like that, there's gonna be some Wednesday night at eight. Then I would be playing with you guys begrudgingly, and I would not want to do that to you. I would rather be real nice, not pretend nice to yeah, you. Yeah, you don't want to play multiplayer games with Anthony when he's in a bad mood. So. Then he becomes General Chuff. Yeah, well, that's because sometimes people force me to play games when I don't want to. So, they think it's good for me, and then I make it well known to them that it's not. <laughs> like a powder. I'll powder. show you trying to get me to be social. So, uh, yeah, and so we'll, it, we'll see you at game night thing, but I don't know. I mean, I I don't know, I, I might be willing to throw down with some people on, on some Halo 3 and the new maps. Yeah, I mean, uh... I don't know, we'll use our forums at uh, geekbox.net when we want to set up some games. So, our forums. <laughs> Alright, I think we'll take a break. Come back to others. Why do you? Why do you? Why do we need to redesign our website? Oh, are we going to talk about this on the air? Yeah, we can talk about it. I'd like to provide an image, man. Give me the dimensions. I, I think give me a game. Think, oh, wait, you just well, no, not the Killzone's been shot too collage, long. No, collage. Not, it has nothing to do with College. Killzone. Um, it's just I would like it to where there could be more content simultaneously visible as opposed to just like the standard vertical story ad, story ad, story ad, Kotaku type thing. I mean, I guess I just never thought about how else it could be done. Like multiple columns. It's it, it's comparatively simple to do multiple columns. Mind blown. <laughs> like a newspaper. Like the front page of a newspaper doesn't just have one story. That's true. Just like the the front page of 1UP doesn't just have one story. Well, it doesn't really have any story like in its entirety where you can read it. Well, no, but I mean, like the point is that there's lots of content immediately accessible and it still makes sense visually. So, so. so I got some letters. I'm just going to kind of read them. And then, That's an awesome segue into letters me ranting about the design of the website. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, so this is a Rebel FM question for all you guys from 
from Alex Allen, aka Hobo Knight. I've Hobo been, Knight. I've been a longtime fan of your work on One Up and Rebel FM, and I'm looking forward to checking out what you do in GameSpy. I have a question for all of you industry insiders. Can you think of why no one has done an episodic RPG yet? There has been a lot of talk in the last few years about episodic gaming, and it seems to me that an RPG would be a perfect fit for this format. You could release small two to three hour adventures once or twice a month and allow the players to carry over their main character or a whole party. It seems like such a no-brainer to me. I can't think of why anyone hasn't done it yet. Well, in that particular model, no, but like Penny Arcade, Penny Arcade is slick kind of an RPG, isn't it? Of darkness. It's, it is yeah, an, it's, RPG, it's an RPG, and it is episodic. But um, in terms of like an epic RPG, that you know, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I think everyone is could be you know could get behind episodic gaming if just the development community can really figure it out. I mean, because from what I understand, it's you know it's probably pretty difficult. To I mean, why not ask why more companies aren't doing episodic content? Because so few companies are doing content that's actually episodic. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got Sam and Max, you've got Strong Bad, you have the Penny Arcade Adventures, and mm-hmm. then you've got Grim, like the Grim Fairy Tales or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's not really much else. Like, there's a, a lean towards adventure games, it seems like. Yeah. I'd be, I would rather play an episodic RPG than a long RPG myself. I don't know. Short two to three hour adventures sound awesome. Yeah, me. yeah. I think it's just like the initial outlay it takes to develop like an RPG is so huge that doing an episodic doing it episodically doesn't make as much financial sense as selling it for sixty dollars. That's probably right. Hundred percent true. And would it be something that you'd want to keep going with as well? Because so like the first episode, like you can't get to level. You know, you wouldn't want it, the player to get to the highest level. So. It's like you got to cap the level, you know, so you're like really weak in the first one, and I don't know, it'd have to be really interesting to keep you going, I guess. No one's figured out a way to make epic episodic content work. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see it when it happens, but it's, it's like, Valve were the ones that were going to try to do it, and that is damn sure not what happened. Yeah. Um, our next question comes from Mr. Plaid. Uh, he, uh, so I'm just going to read it and then point out the, what he uses wrong. I bid you good penis, sir. Wrong. It is not good penis. It's fat penis. And it's not like you say it like, hello. I don't know. Does that mean that he wants us, like, to get penised well? I guess that's what I understand. I I bid you good penis, sir. But he also then uses something else I hate in his first line, which is uh, number one. Any of you's guys use spelled Y-O-U-S-E. Like, you know, that's... Like he's a... A newspaper boy from the twenties or something. Yeah. Um, any of you got use guys ever hear anything about a new SimCity being made? I like SimCity. I mean, there were SimCity societies. That was the most recent, recent one, one, right? Yeah, but beyond that, I don't know. I mean, in, in a way, it's like how many SimCities do you need to go back and play one of the older ones? It's still great. In a way, like, like well, also, I mean, what makes you think that there's not a SimCity in development? When has there not been a SimCity in development? Right, which is just why he's asking if we had heard anything in particular ourselves. So It's been pretty much under the radar. But, so. but to be fair, I, I also noticed that we got a lot of comments from people uh, pretty recently about how we don't know things. Like They're like, how could you guys not know about this? Isn't it your job to know like all the goings-ons in the video game world? And I think well, do they list examples? I forget. There's just something I forgot and then something I think you didn't know. And it was, like, it was just like these things. It's like, you know, I... 
try to avoid reading sites like Kotaku. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep up on the minutiae of all this news because I think a lot of it's bullshit. So, I mean, I, I check Kotaku and I check Joystick because I'm, I'm the guy that will repeatedly go to a site just between tasks because I have 8 million things going on at once. And but me, I just, I'm, I'm totally over all this stuff. Like, uh, an announcement of like a new type of boss or something. I don't know. All that shit just drags me down. So I don't really care about most of the stuff that any any of those sites report. I mean, for every piece of information that you think we don't know, how many things did we say that you didn't know? Yeah, I mean, that's just it. It's like the people used to come into a record store and and be like, you've never heard of this band? And you'd be like, dude, I'll name 12 bands you haven't heard of. It's like, shut up. It's I Yeah, it's a broader sort of knowledge, I think. I Or maybe, I don't know, maybe I just suck. That could also be... That is also a distinct possibility, and you could fill multiple volumes with all the things. Second don't question, know. which he also still used any of yous. Any of yous guys going to PAX in Seattle? Any plans for a liveish type of show? Uh, maybe I don't know. We could take a field recorder or something. And well, do something we've talked like about that. it. Like we have equipment that would actually work. Yeah, way. but I mean, I don't think we'd do it like in front of a bunch of people. Like, a we don't have a hall. B we're not that assuming about ourselves. And no. C I don't want to really deal with a bunch of people standing around me. Like, saying shit because we'll probably be recording into a laptop microphone. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. If we do, it'll probably be at a hotel room or something like that. We're the ones that get weird. If you are, however, are. a cute girl, and, um, are, I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> you could get the special hotel podcast recording viewing if you're willing to take a shower with me. Um, <laughs> he promises not to pee on your leg. Yeah, come on, I'm just making a joke from last time. Um... So the, another question, God. this is the same guy, have you ever seen the movie Pi? Is oh, yeah. the part near the end where the dude drills into his, sorry, spoilers for Pi, the drills into his head really real, or was that a special effect because it looked real? <laughs> I just want to... This can't be a serious email. I just want to know why he would ask us that, of all people. It's like, hey, you know, have you ever seen that movie Pi? Is that shit real? <laughs> dear, dear listener, were you stoned when you wrote this letter? And then he ends it with, I don't mean to come across as rude. I put my questions ahead of this apology for the sake of brevity and conciseness. I hope you and all my other pretend internet friends are well. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, I just did that pie question caught me a little bit off guard. I don't understand that. And he, he actually hyperlinked it to an IMDb thing. I was hoping it would actually go to the scene on YouTube or something. That's, that was not real. Right, I mean, definitely guy, not. He's an actor. I mean, hello, he's, he didn't drill into his brain. He didn't really have. No, Darren Aronofsky did not have a guy drill a hole in his head. <laughs> All right. God damn. But the yeah. crashes in Death Proof were not real either. Let's <laughs> throw that out there. Um, let's see, Christopher Bowie. He says, "I am usually very busy, and I usually don't have a lot of time to sit down and play a game for long." Do you find a difference in the experience a game gives you if you play it for shorter time periods, such as 30 minutes or an hour, compared to when you play it for longer time periods, like several hours in one sitting? Depends on the game. I know if I play, like, for just a really short amount of time, I'll be a lot more likely to remember what I did, whereas, like, if I sit down for, like, a big four-hour session, though, it's just, like, one giant glaze. All right. I think the last time I played a game, like, in a lot of really long sessions was uh, Dead Space. I played through that in a few like, really yeah, long sessions. Yeah, you beat sessions. that in, like, three, three, like, sittings. So. It was so um, good. So then Chris Zeman asks, what is poop socking? I've heard you guys use the term a lot, but never explain it. 
From how it is used, I would guess it means pooping in a sock as to not get up from your game, i.e. Cartman in the WoW episode of South Park. But if pooping in a sock, don't you have to use, like, both hands to hold it open on your asshole <laughs> so you can't really game anyways? Why not get up and go to the bathroom? Tofar, please keep up the good work. Love the show. I feel like he answered his own question and pointed out the ludicrousness of the topic. Good for you, sir. Yeah. Um, you nailed it right on the on the anus. Let's see, let's see. Oh man, I'm thinking if somebody nailed a sock to their anus. <laughs> oh man, never mind. I was about to read this guy's thing about on live, but it turns out that he wrote like a like an epic poem. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand that. Like, I mean, I I understand like I w- I will read through that letter, but it's like. Jesus, man. All right, so this guy had a legitimate question. Having subscribed to both for years, his name is Charlie. I am hating the EGM and GFW, the Games for Windows, the official magazine are gone. Both magazines were great, and I'm very sorry for what the folks working on those magazines had to endure. Um, I know the internet is an amazing source of information, but working in the IT field, I look at computer all day. When possible, I prefer to get my gaming news in a magazine form. PC gamers still available for the PC side of things. But I was wondering if there's any magazine you can recommend for good gaming console coverage. Edge. Any suggestions would be appreciated. By the way, I like games in general, and I'm not stuck in any one system, so I prefer a magazine that covers games on all the consoles like EGM did, not a system-specific magazine. Edge. Yeah, I guess pretty much Edge. I mean, plays, Play isn't bad, either. Play is... Okay, don't go to Play for anything except for information about stuff that you like. Or well, Play also pictures. got rid of the review scores, I believe, right? Yeah, but I mean, they're still like the reviews still air way far towards the the positive end of the spectrum. Yeah, but you can still go to play for like features, and I mean, it's it's if nothing else, it's a well written and it looks great. Yeah, no, it, play has some of the best vis- visual design of any gaming magazine, and but, so does Edge. If you, yeah, actually. if you just want to read like a, a quality magazine, start to finish, the way it's laid out, the way it's written, everything, Edge. Edge is still the best. It's going to cost you. I mean, you work in IT, so hopefully you make a lot of money because Edge costs you like a hundred something a year for a subscription. Oh yeah, I think it's ninety dollars for a year because it's from the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. You basically there is no like cover, like forty percent off the cover price. It's like hey, you're paying the cover price and some and an import tax. So, but yeah, Edge is Edge is generally renowned amongst most people as the premier gaming magazine these days. And I mean, I think kind of was even before EGM closed. As far as like, well, it's just because they're they, I mean, they're so they have so much content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Game Informer is Game Informer gets a ton of coverage, so like to keep up to date, like Game Informer gets stuff before some websites do. Game Informer usually gets to break like Game Informer always has breaking cover stories. Yeah, but they're writing, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Game Informer has that just because a they are like the number one like. They are the biggest video game. It's unlikely that you would pay for Game Informer. Yeah, you got it through an edge card or something so, like that. So, I mean, it wouldn't kill you to have Game Informer. But if for a magazine that you're paying for, Edge. Edge is worth it, too, man. They are like they feel like books when you get them. So. British magazines tend to be printed on better paper stock for some reason. Yeah. I mean, that's true. They tend to be also be much more expensive than what we can generally pay for american magazines yeah I, uh, I routinely pay 20 dollars for british magazines yeah i mean like here in america a lot of the magazines you get are like newsweek and stuff where it's that type of paper you're flipping through that feels like if you were to like flick your fingers hard enough it would rip but in those those you edge you would slice your finger yeah off. you could chop your fingers off with it so 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for questions. For uh, I had another question, a question on here that would be pretty simple to answer. Okay, yeah, I mean that was that was it for all the the more simple ones. I mean, there were people that wrote diatribes. There, were, you know, things like why we suck and they wish we were dead. But uh, really, they went that far. <laughs> I got I've seen comments that said that they wish that I left instead of Phil. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's like the that's like a. A scene in a movie where it's like, I wish you had died, not my real dad, or something like that. Or no, I would, your brother should have lived. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. I just get letters that say everything is my fault. Well, like let, me, let me just take a stand against that right now and tell people that things are not Arthur's fault. <laughs> the people that are doing that, they're just racist. Can I just agree with the people that say everything is Arthur's fault? I just kind of want to make sure there's an even. Yeah, we're just trying to make sure. Yeah, just here. pay no attention to the weird <laughs> tasting lumps in the in your food next time you eat. Here. <laughs> I it's just funny. It's like every time we get we're if we're on topic too much, people complain about it, and then there's a subgroup of people that complain that I kept them on topic. And Usually then if it's we're me. If we're off topic too much, people complain about it, and then there's a subgroup of people that complain about me derailing the conversation. I'm just so I'm a multi-talented asshole. It's, it's because these subgroups are minorities who hate white people, and you are the whitest one out of all of us. Ouch. So they're just racist. I'm not bald because I hate black people. No, I'm bald, bald because, because God, God hates, hates me. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Oh. All right, uh, David asks, "What music have you guys been listening to recently?" Ah, that's a simple enough one, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you guys go first? I I'm trying to think. Tyler. Yeah, I um really been jamming the new No Age album. No Age, two words. Tyler's gonna be the most indie out of us. Well, uh, man, they're fucking awesome, man. They're this two piece, and I love two piece doing. Um, you must be descriptive. Use your words to tell us about No Age. Okay, like they're a two-piece set, which means like two members. One person plays guitar and the other plays drums. Mm. And I believe they both sing on different songs. And they use a lot of um, they use a lot of sound manipulation. Like since it's just a guitar and just a drummer, the guitarist does a lot of really interesting things with effects to make it sound really, really full. And I and as far as bands, they sound like I would say if you're into stuff like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs or like the white stripes, they're sort of in that vein, but they're more highbrow. Like I would put put them closer to like Radiohead, just in terms of like, you can tell the competency that they have of the of um, filling the sonic range of you know of all these tones and just they do a lot of great ambient stuff too, which I really like. So like one song might be really loud and crass, but like the next song is like sounds like um. You know, you're you're chilling on the on on the beach of a of an eight bit beach, and like the eight bit waves are coming all around. An eight you, beach. You know? so, I hate you. And then also, I've been jamming this um this remix of In Rainbows, Radioheads and Rainbows, where this guy um hip hop apotamus or something put um a lot of hip hop lyrics on the In Rainbows albums, and it's fucking awesome. I have two questions for you. Have you heard Idiot Pilot? That sounds really familiar, man. I think you'd like them going off your description of No Age. And have you heard Jacob Golden? Mm-mm. No, I have neither. music to send you next time you're online, uh, Tyler. Idiot Pilot, that sounds really familiar. It's a two-piece where they uh, they do like indie and, and alt-rock over electronic stuff. Hmm, cool, yeah. Yeah, send it over. Idiot Pilot. Uh, anything else? 
and um, what's the name of your brother's band? Wolves in the Third Room. It is them. God, they fucking rock, dude. <laughs> I, dude. Because I had a, a, like, I downloaded some samples and then um, it came up on my playlist and I was like, who is this band? Wolves in the Throne Room. Wolves in the, and I didn't know for sure. But man, dude, they rock my balls, dude. I want <laughs> they, some they of that are, shit. They are pretty good for what they do. I mean, I'm not a huge metal fan. Um, I appreciate They're like black metal. I pre- yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not even like... Like fast metal, it's we like we had a few metal questions in the comments this time. What one like, person asked, we like Opeth, and another asked oh, who our favorite yeah. metal band was. Yeah, it's it's like doom metal, where it's like the armies of Satan slowly marching yes. over a battlefield type music. Like it's Dude. not like it's not fast at all. It's just like it's the march out of Mordor. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's very slow and deliberate. It's not like just them riffing on yeah. crazy shit. So, yeah, I mean they're good. I have I I mean you listen to them more than I do, so uh. I just. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to really poppy shit like Jack's Mannequin, or uh, hey, or uh, uh, I guess I really haven't been listening to that much. I mean, at work, I don't really typically listen to music lately, just because I, I just got headphones today, was the thing. So I didn't have headphones, and I didn't want to bother people, because in the IGN offices so far, people don't really listen to music the same way they used to, whereas as if it was like... Competing music wars. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I haven't really been listening to too much music lately. I've been listening to that, and I've been listening to... God, I guess that's really it. Like, I I've, I really have been slacking on my music Did you like that lately. Weepies album? Should I give that to you? Yeah, that was good, too. I'm just saying, yeah, there's plenty of stuff that I would listen to, but I the other thing is, is that I, I desperately need a CD player and or uh, line in for my new car. Because the commute I'm doing right now, all I have is NPR, so it's a little brutal. Hmm. So... Um. Yeah. Should go do that on Saturday. Yeah. Arthur. Um. I'm listening to the new Macedon album, which is really, really good, and more psychedelic than I ever would have expected. Um, the new Metric is really, really good. It's more. It's a little more produced and a little more poppy than their other stuff, but it also goes in a more electronic direction. So it's really interesting. Uh, the new Silver Sun pickups is really good. And other than that, uh, I was listening to a lot of Lamb of God over the last few weeks because I went to go see him last weekend or the weekend before. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Nah, I don't know. I feel like I should take some time and listen to music, but I haven't taken enough me time in general lately is what I feel like. I haven't been playing music I want. I haven't been playing the games I want. I've been masturbating. I... That's probably true too. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even hit over eighty button presses in ten seconds. My skills have really atrophied, and I don't even have a girlfriend to account for this. So, um, yeah. So, good time to get back to bassist, tying them off, playing DS, and listening to music. And on that note, at the same time, you only need one hand to play most DS games. So yeah, where can people find you on the internet, Tyler? In a fucking basement. On the internet? <laughs> no, Is that know. like a cam show? Uh, dirty T at Twitter. Dirty T spelled like the drink. Twitter.com slash dirty T. Yes. You can find me at twitter.com slash chuff money. And uh, you should also subscribe to twitter.com slash gamespy. Because that's a pretty good way. Because I don't always remember the Twitter things I write, but gamespy's Twitter is pretty good. Is there anything putting out things I write? Is there anything you've written lately that you're especially proud of? 
I mean, I have a Battlefield Heroes preview up. I have a, a Saw preview up. Everyone should go there and check out the new side design. It's pretty... It's. I mean, it's way different than the old Leaps and bounds yeah, over it's, Matt Shannonay's It's cleaned up. And you can also find design. me uh, on the new Games by Debriefings podcast, which I guess I'll be hosting from now on. So... That'll be interesting. Yeah, I got to find a way to make that crazy too. I mean, because repeatedly we have very little staff and people are gone all the time, so I got to get people in there for that too. Um, but yeah, where can people find you on the internet besides IHateArthurGeese.com? Is that really a website? I hope by the, <laughs> by, by the time we record next time it will be. <laughs> Fuck. So before I put this up, I need to go register that domain. <laughs> well, hate can be spelled H8 as well. Fuck. This is going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. Uh, Twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. Um, I should have more reviews popping up on PC World. Yeah, for laptops. Yes, including people were asking about a review I was writing that I was talking about on Twitter, and that's where it will pop up eventually. But uh, And on eat-sleep-game.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, we have... Uh,